Welcome back to Moving With Life. This is episode number nine. I am Andy Acosta. My friends Eddie Sines and Brian Lovinos will be joining me as well. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for lending us your ears for the next two hours. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Your feedback is much appreciated. So episode number nine, we... Hit us right fast, and we also tried Facebook Live for the first time, which was pretty cool. Um, I think we had a good turnout. Hopefully, uh, we'll do it more often. Uh, may- not every episode, but pe- more periodically, we will. Uh, we do plan on posting and having uh, at least a piece of the episode up on Facebook Live. The conversations that come up in Episode 9 involve uh, leaders and how when a leader leaves a company, sometimes that affects relationships throughout the rest of the employees and then how 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 relationships are important relationships are important and i I feel like there's not enough uh exclamation tagged along with relationship building from there we go into commerce we talk about consumers we talk about the free market we talk about competition how good that is and then finally we talk about retirement and considering all our options when uh, thinking about that it's never too early to start investing so with that being said here is moving with life How do you feel about my uh, my date experience that you got to witness first? Oh man, <laughs> I don't, I couldn't, I lost ca- track of how many dates you were on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my we'll lord, see. that was interesting. It was definitely interesting. Hey, thanks for the beer, by the way. I know it was you. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Andy told me. <laughs> yeah, I told him on Sunday. I said, hey, man, we, we didn't want to be rude, but we kind of wanted to be rude because they yeah. didn't deserve a beer. So that I was, was actually, that. I'm not going to lie, I was actually going to send tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> I had mentioned that. I'm like, tequila? I was like, oh, man. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, I was like, man, but then he's not going to do it. So let me get him alone. I, I usually, if you haven't noticed, I usually cut myself off at like three, four max. And, um, tequila shots or beers? <laughs> <laughs> beers. And um, well, the one that you bought me put me five deep. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that, that's something. That's something for Eddie Simon. Uh, yeah, it's something for me. I'm lightweight. And so um, it put me five beers deep. And then so like, by the end of the day, I was just kind of like, yeah, I had a good time. It's <laughs> 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 like that. just trying to mouth words clearly <laughs> on purpose. Good Lord. So it's like those reporters like trying to over like move their mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, stuff I, the stuff I always talk about that I now do so I can be clear yeah. and distinct so people can, so un- they can understand enunciate. me. Yes. Good Lord. <laughs> Good times. I wish I was there for that. It got pretty bad. That's right. Cause we, that, we watched the fights. Yeah. And then we basically, yeah. I basically saw if you guys went. I went to thing. Havana Club. You guys went to Havana. Dude. It was so good. I I wanted to dance. Good, good. Fucking just took her and sass. Then some bachata, some cumbias. A uh, hey, bass player we know was playing at that with a band. Really? Yeah. Who? Tommy. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Tommy. Her sister is fucking crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say crazy, crazy hot. She has a really big forehead, though. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
I uh, I went over to her apartment yesterday. Uh, she lives with her sister. <laughs> I went over to her apartment yesterday um, to watch the a movie. Sister's apartment, or well, they live together. Know, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but whose apartment? Did you <laughs> <laughs> but who's, <laughs> whose name is on the lease? Just kidding. Continue. Continue. Gotcha. <laughs> so I went over there to watch a movie, and thank God her sister didn't crash that one. We watched um, The Big Short. Have you seen The Big Short? Yes. We've discussed We've this. talked oh, about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. How, how did, what did she think? Um, it seems like she followed it okay. There's only like one part where she got confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had to pause, and I had to break down what a CDO was to her. Mm. And then, um, but yeah, I guess, I guess she liked it. I don't know. She <laughs> doesn't really react a lot. Or maybe like she reacts, but she doesn't react outwardly a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it kind of throws me for a loop sometimes because I usually react very outwardly about things. Go shit back crazy. <laughs> just go, <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'm like, not like to the movie, just like in general. like um, <laughs> On a daily basis. <laughs> on a daily basis, I tend to react <laughs> to things. I'm fucking with you. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm just saying, like, okay, like if Brian were to ask me, he's like, so, I was like, how'd you, what'd you think about the movie? How'd you feel about it? She would just be like, oh, uh, I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I liked the part about the big short. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. But, uh, yeah, like, and she just kind of has that same reaction towards everything, so it just makes it really hard to read and pick up on. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so tough. Yeah. So do you feel obligated to say something that will get a reaction or no? Sometimes. Yeah. And that's how I'd feel. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm just thinking in, in my head, I'm like, man, I should just really say something that might either, like, like really make her laugh or just piss her off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Here, there, like flip a coin. Piss heads, piss off, tails, laugh. Ready? <laughs> oh boy. Oh man, one thing I didn't know whether to be pissed off or laugh about. Remember that one time we got caught under all this literal bird shit? Like, oh, <laughs> it was raining. Yes, us three, bird us three. Shit. Yes, 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 yes. Man, I had just washed the car. <laughs> Yeah, um, I remember that. Are we live? Are we on this? We're not live oh. yet. Uh, we will be in a second. I'm okay. just. Uh, I just want to make sure it doesn't fall. <laughs> make sure we're or, or well, make sure we're on the, track. <laughs> 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 well, we're. I mean, well, that's the thing. I, I, I guess this would be a little more free flow, especially during this, because I would hope that there's gonna be questions. We'll find out. Uh, somehow, I guess we'll pause like what well, we're we're talking about to then okay. go live. So for listeners who. Are now listening <laughs> to this a week later, so it'll be Thursday the 17th, 16th, about the 16th, spring break. Uh, we have now posted this, hopefully, or at least a, p- a piece of it, live on Facebook, and you get to hear the full, the full story. You know, they only g- Facebook only gets a glimpse, so that's kind of the point, I think, or I'd hope to make it. That's fair. Just where everybody gets a glimpse, but yet, you know, go back to the podcast, go back to SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, you know, we're on those three platforms, so. It'll be good. Love it. How was your guys' weeks? It's okay. It's been interesting. It's been long. Um, it's only going to continue to be long until tomorrow night's over. Not that um, I want to. I want that. I don't want that to come off as like I'm not looking forward to playing our show tomorrow night. I'm super pumped about it. I'm yeah. stoked. Um, but yeah, it's just been a really long week filled with um, filled with a second date, filled with a lot of work, um, two days of subbing, um, taxes. That's that's my boring life. Brian, what's yours? <laughs> no, my week was really, really intense. Um, 
So basically, two of the most highest positions in my department and in the bank have been vacated. Wow. Yeah. So it's just it's a uh, they got terminated or they left. They left. Okay. But it w- it was it's just so crazy how it happened. So now we're um, and it's right in the middle of like an audit too. So. Yeah, we've got to kind of pick up the pieces and, and see where this goes. Um, for the most part, like it was just more the news that was that was kind of uh, uh, rattling. The work, you know, it still goes. So everybody knows what to do. We're we're gonna run the ship and uh, just kind of keep doing it until until we have to finally absorb those other duties and responsibilities. But yeah. Basically, just the news of it was was uh, was what what was what <laughs> was what 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 was what what basically the news was the only like big uh, uh, big change because so far n- you know none of our duties have changed yet but um, I got word that um, our new person taking in charge taking charge he wants a lot more like analysis of all of our financials and he justifies it as you know we have the people so why not. So, my duties will kind of, they'll probably double in size Ugh. with more tedious analysis of financials. Jeez. Yeah. We'll see. How, um, well, I guess I got to back up and ask you, like, why do you feel like those two people in the in the high leadership positions left? Well, we got we got the story on one of them. There was basically a huge misunderstanding about, um, is it? $27 million misunderstanding. Oh, boy. So things got very heated during a meeting, and that person just couldn't take it. He's very close to retirement, so he just kind of took it early, I guess. Um, I, I don't I don't know, you know exactly what went on, but that was a story. Heated argument during a board meeting, and then he just decided to leave. And then the second person, she resigned that afternoon, or submitted her two weeks notice that afternoon, and uh, I, there's I, this is where I think it's it was kind of a coincidence. She already has something lined up apparently that will give her more time with her family. So you know, so she was already looking into it. But I do think that the first person leaving had an impact on her because a lot of his responsibilities were going to fall on her, and she has already like a lot of work and a lot of uh, responsibility on her shoulders. So she was just kind of like, you know what, like I'm. I'm done with this. Mm. So, yeah, kind of coincidence, kind of premeditated. That's fair. I'm just always curious why um, people in leadership positions leave their team um, in the midst of something as big as, like, in your case, um, you work at a bank, and then the bank's being audited. So, you know, and then you have two of your high leadership people leave, you know, just kind of, and not, like, necessarily leaves you guys high and dry, but it's definitely obviously going to leave you with some more work. Yeah, and definitely. that's that's gonna have to be picked up somewhere. So I don't know. I feel like I'm more of a, a team person. Like if I was in that situation, I probably would have. I mean, I can't say for sure, but you know, an outside perspective looking in, I would say that I would have stuck around until at least the audit was over, just yeah, for the sake of not letting people down per se. Yeah, and I think the second person that that's her objective. Um, I think in two weeks is when the audit will be over. So she did say that she she'll stick around to finish that job. But, yeah, the other guy, he was just kind of like, I'm out of here. (laughs) Yeah, for good. Jeez. 
what I had told Brian as far as this scenario was that while I agree with Eddie on the team thing, but this goes back to say how the business is run. It's not enough incentive to stay. And if the argument was enough for both of these people to just, boom, quit and go, resign and go, uh, to me that has a lot to do with that goes that goes then to their bosses. They didn't have enough incentive to stay for their team. And I think at some point for business in business for business sake, that at some point, you know, there there's give, and and when you reach that, then it's it's not it's no longer worth your time. It's no longer worth the time. Uh, and like you had mentioned, Brian, one of I guess it was a another senior guy, but under I guess your boss, I mm-hmm. guess second in line, yeah. where that person said, you know, I'm not loyal to the to this. Yeah. Branch, I'm loyal, or I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not loyal to the company. I'm yeah. loyal to her. the person. Yeah. So yeah. that is also another, just another for me, some more evidence of like the importance of relationships. And then this, the, even that person didn't have an, or is is still having doubts as far as the company goes. They they don't. Yeah. They're not in it for the company. They're in it for. They enjoyed who they worked with. Right. And when that gets disrupted, well, it's like okay, see, I've got nothing else here. Yeah, I got nothing. I got. I have no reason to be here. And that, I mean, still, I have to agree with that because good on them to know what they want. You know, there's there's no question about why they're doing something, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, he w- and this person was willing to stick it out as long as person A was their boss. And now that that's not the situation, sayonara. See ya. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely had, like, okay, so you said something. I just had to write it down because it was so good. Um, loyalty to people and not to companies. Mm-hmm. And that could have not be more true with um, the barback job I had at City Winery. Mm. There was a lot of strife going on amongst um, the bar staff and payouts, and we had a lot of weird, shady situations going on with that um, between management and the bar team. Bar team, we were tight as shit. Um, it just, we just kind of had some problems here with management about several issues. Um, well, that's kind that sounded kind of redundant. Shit, several, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. You get what I mean, though. Um, Anyways, um, but no one wanted to leave. Like the our our main bartender, um, Taryn, um, like you know, she would talk about finding another one, like finding another bartending job. And she's like an excellent bartender, has like over a decade of experience, has bar managed before. Like finding a good bartending job for that girl is not necessarily a hard task. So, um, you know, like she had talked about just going to go find another bartending job. She couldn't like deal with the shit anymore, but she never did. And like what it really comes down to is even though we had like some differences as far as how we viewed what the payouts should be, um, you know, like what what it came down to was the management was was badass. Like the people we worked with were more badass. Like the bar team, we were just super tight. So it was just that inseparable factor, you know. Right, right, absolutely. We helped absolutely. each other get through shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know you had the confidence to defend each other or have each other's backs in any given situation. And I've definitely. I just remembered I've been in a situation like that before, before I graduated and I was a teller at a different bank. Like when I left, everybody else in my branch left. It was crazy. That. Brought a couple over to my current bank. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. And but it, it was their choice to leave. Yeah, like Absolutely. Yes. It just the camaraderie was like, you know, it started breaking down as, yeah. as people were leaving. So they were just, they weren't happy there. All right. I have this question. How long does it have to be? Before considering a an acquaintance to be a relationship, like that space, before you say, "Oh yeah, okay." By the time you know, okay, five years have gone by, and now it's more of a relationship, whether it's a friendship or you know, si- significant other. Right. You know, 
and I and this one, it when I first wrote it down earlier today, um, it almost seemed seemed sorry, it almost seemed rhetorical. But I, I'd like to have I I'd like to hear it like hear what you guys think. Uh, how much time do you think? Man, I really like I'd I'd hate to say to give like a time frame because I think that relationships relationships are built like with experience, not necessarily time. And sometimes they go hand in hand, but other times like. I could meet Eddie, like, you know, one day and then not see him for, let's say, three, four years. But, I, you know, I still kind of, because of social media, like, we, I, I keep in touch with what he's doing. And, you know, right. he sees what I'm doing with my life. And I've known him for, like, let's say four years, but we never really interact and we, we don't see each other and stuff like that. So I can't, I, I can't say that it takes this much time to build a relationship. I think it takes experience with that person. That's so true. And I, I really couldn't agree more. It really just all comes down to experience for me. And uh, more than that, um, something I've been noticing about myself lately compared to others is I've uh, realized that I'm a very open individual with strangers, even more so than with, like, acquaintances that I've known for years, like maybe people we went to high school with or or whatever. But um, But with, like, strangers, I feel like I'm just the most open person ever. Like, I'll talk about anything and everything. Um, super personal life, not as personal or just general, you know, I'll just go there and beyond. And um, I don't know, usually those, uh, when those strangers stick around and become friends, um, you know, that's, I guess that openness for me has made it feel like the process has been sped up just because, um, you know, I'm more open. Um, But then I noticed also some people aren't as open and it's very hard to, like get past their wall or just kind of see who they like are and or learn about who they are because they just don't want to talk about it or or I don't know what I'm kind of blabbering but right why do you think it. you're more open with strangers I mm, I don't know because um, I don't think it's uncommon but I I'd like to I'd like to I guess get your reason maybe it's like the the factor of potentially never seeing this person again yes I th- I, yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it like. This person, you may or may not judge me, but I won't. I won't see the, the the impact of it. You know, I won't see the repercussions if you do judge me or whatever. It's yeah. just like you don't know me, you don't know my life, but you know, except for you know what I'm letting you know right now, and never hear about it again. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That's my opinion. I think for sure. No, I know that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's I why think. I think that's my opinion. I think that's <laughs> no. I know that's my opinion, but I think that's. That's what goes on. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I don't know when it was I started being so open, though, because it definitely has not always been that way. Um, might have just been when I got to college, and I went to college not knowing a single soul. So I had to make like I- entirely new groups of friends, and it right. might have started to kick off there. Um, but even then, there were definitely the first few years of college where I was more shy than I was open. Yeah. I was definitely a lot more shy in, in college. I I just went in there I trying to do my work and walk out, you know, just get it done and, and get out of there. Definitely working in groups helped um, kind of expand. I wouldn't say my, my group, my circle of friends, because I didn't go past, um, like, a, you know, a classmate relationship. But um, definitely helped me kind of uh, talk a little bit more to people. That and, and joining the fraternity, because you meet so many freaking people. Yeah, yeah. So that helped me, too, kind of just at least like introduce myself you know or, or start a conversation because we're all playing the same you know the same game 
at someone's party or whatever, you know? Yeah. You just kind of start to, to talk to people. And then it, I feel like it, it's almost like a snowball effect. If you catch, like, the right fact about that person or they say the right thing, like, all of a sudden maybe you have something in common and then that just kind of snowballs and you start talking about other common interests or even diverse interests that interest y- each other. Like, you know, like, you like snowboarding and I've never been snowboarding yet, you know, I, I want to learn about it or I want to hear about your experience with snowboarding and, you know, we just kind of build upon that. Expand on that. Yeah. See, and that's how I am. And I uh, I really enjoy hearing people talk about what they're passionate about and why they're passionate about it. And I feel like I've met several people lately that are not that way, that they're not very curious about what you're passionate about unless you share the common interest of passion. I think that's me. I hate to say <laughs> it, but I, I think that's me because I, 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 I feel like I have a very... Um, I I have the I don't know if it's if it's considered a habit, but I don't like to pry, because I just kind of don't like to make people uncomfortable if I'm if I'm, um, hitting like a touchy subject or something. So I I I like to hear what you'd like to tell me, and sometimes that's tough because I don't say a lot and you don't say a lot, then this goes nowhere. Right. Um, that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of that as far as um. Well, I just don't want to pry. So yeah. that that's definitely a whole new. Uh, thing I hadn't thought about with um, people I consider to be that way. I haven't thought that maybe they'd be thinking that. Yeah. You know, just out of respect. Um, again, I'm just like the complete opposite, though. Like you said, you don't want to pry and make someone like feel uncomfortable with a touchy yeah. subject. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like pry, pry, pry. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, what's your worst fear? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I don't give a shit. What's your biggest fear? What's your biggest strength? What's your biggest yeah. weakness? What's one thing you want to accomplish in your life and why? What's important to you? What's not important to you? I think th- those are super yeah. awesome questions to ask when you're trying to get to know somebody because th- those are the ones that are going to, you're, you're going to get like a genuine response. or And and those are things that, that will, I think, open the doors to truly getting to know that person. Well, I would hope it would. And with some people, they receive it very openly and others uh-huh. don't receive it as openly. Okay, so you know? for those who don't receive it openly, then what do you do? I don't know. That's when I feel like I'm talking to a fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and that's, that's why I asked it because I'm, I'm, I want to I wanna expand it because you told me about your experience. I'm like, man, like, if the person's – if, if, if they're a good human being, you know, there has to be there – there has to be one common subject you guys can talk about and then build on that. Uh, an example I had was a, a friend of mine texted me saying, I hate meetings. I hate business meetings. They, were, they, had, they had this, like, at her, at her company – they hold they hold a meeting like once a week I think or something uh-huh. and she's like I hate it I'm like find one thing you like about it and only focus on that and so when Eddie told me I was like man th- I thought I, I instantly thought of that example man that reminds me of this commercial I saw recently <laughs> you know what I'm talking about yes uh, something about there's a budget meeting and everybody's super excited about the budget meeting okay I work in budget I know you shouldn't be excited about <laughs> a budget meeting but uh, everybody's super excited about the budget meeting and turns out they they're serving I don't know what's the commercial for I forget. I forget too. It's like I don't some know that spread. Part. Like I, don't, I think it's like maybe like a cream cheese spread or something, and everybody's excited. <laughs> cream cheese spread. Ex- everybody's <laughs> excited about the meeting because they have the spread with like bagels and all this other okay. stuff. So, they're everyone's excited about the spread because you know, because budget is boring. <laughs> so that's Apples. what that reminds me of. So that's interesting funny. enough, do you? Okay, now, now that you have found that this person is not open to those deep of questions right away. Do you continue or do you then, because that person's n- not open right away, do you think you could work work their way to that? Yeah, I think eventually over time, but it 
if it goes, it, it might get to a How point How much where time do you think? I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> specifically, this is a dating situation. Okay. okay. So, um, so for me, I don't know, maybe not more than like a handful of dates. Okay. Like there's, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's just, there's just going to be a point where if it's still that way, I'm just like, okay, well then you're not, just maybe just not into like what I'm into then yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah, right, right. you know? Right. So I don't know. At that point, it maybe just feels like it feels like it might not mesh. So now get, and I'll give this, I'll give this scenario. So let's say you find somebody that is, and they're down. I, I know you, Eddie, you've had one experience like that, that we've talked about a few podcasts ago, but now if you ran into that and the timing was right, what do you think would happen? This is pure, like just scenario. Like we're just going to expand on this scenario, possibility, this possibility of you finding that person that is down for deep questions. And like, it doesn't even take a handful of days to say like, Hey, I, I like you. <laughs> I want to, I want to build a relationship regardless of where it goes in the future. But, uh, it happened. That happens. Well, that definitely happened to me, but it's only happened to me once. Yeah. So, um, and when it did happen, I was all in right away, as was she. So we were just kind of um, all in it, even though I feel we were somewhat contained because we didn't, um, you know, totally come right out and say, like, I want you to be my exclusive boyfriend or I want you to be my exclusive girlfriend. Like right, we right. never we didn't reach that label aspect. And I don't think we would have. Until like an appropriate amount of time had had um, an experience had potentially gone by, but it was definitely leaning that route, and it definitely felt like we were the only ones that we you know cared about. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, man, uh, I was actually thinking about this earlier today when I was showing you guys that song at rehearsal that like I haven't pulled out, but it's just kind of been sitting there. That last one that you that you kind of worked like you kind of played. Yeah. Okay. Kind of kind of fiddled, fiddled with around? it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and it was making me think about all those emotions that I felt with that person. Mm. And so John Eldridge in the book Wild at Heart talks about, um, you know, I'm going to totally kind of misquote it, but he kind of mentions about men, you know, sparking a fire in a woman's heart and leading them to an adventure, yes. right? Taking them somewhere on that, on that adventure. Right. And I have only ever felt compelled to do that for a girl once, and that was with this girl. And I've okay. never felt that way about anyone else. I can see that. Well, I, okay. I just thought about this right now. I guess, I guess if you, if you find one that's that's com uh, what's the word like that's uh, it starts with a C. Compatible. Compatible. That's the word. So if you find one, there must be another. I would hope so. I'd right, hope yeah. not just Okay, one. No, that, that's clear because that's why I've been asking these questions. I get, until I guess until now. I just I'm just trying to build on this because um, I'm like okay, it's not enough information. But if there if there's one, there must be another. So that that that's good to know. I would hope there would be another. Um, how quickly that compatibility really hits off, though, I don't know. Because, right. um, you know, like I, I'm kind of like caught in between opinions here because uh, part of me was like, well, part of me saying like, you know, well, if there's no spark, then there's just no spark. And then another part of me is like, well, good things take time to develop. Yes. So there's, there must be some, like we talked about last time, like some X factor I'm missing. Yeah. Right. I definitely burp, but believe in, in that <laughs> whole, if there's not a spark, because it happens to me, if there's not a spark right away, I'm just like, eh, it's it's not it's not it. It's not gonna work out. <laughs> and but you guys are such millennials. <laughs> but but man, I'm just go, a hopeless romantic. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> but um Continue, sorry. But I have been in situations where where I get to know somebody and, and you know, things work out. Like there there is a type of spark and it wasn't right off the bat. Yeah. So I 
I still I still mostly like to follow the whole Spark deal because I just I don't know it just makes it maybe more um, um, more interesting or or more um, what's the word? Well, I guess compelling enough or enough incentive compelling enough to just yeah proceed, I guess so yeah with the I guess situation. I guess it's that instant gratification maybe yeah exactly like, well that's what I'm kind of getting to I was like yeah. man I'm like. I, I, but that's just that's just my point of view. I'm I'm only the third person, you know. Here yeah, that. I I think maybe it's that that you know, maybe we both like each other right off the bat, or there's enough interest, so you kind of want to continue. And yeah. you know, it's kind of like sitting through like a class. If it's boring, it's boring. You're not interested. If it doesn't catch your attention right away, it's then you know you're kind of bored the entire way. But if it's something that catches your attention right away, you want more. That's yeah. True. So yeah. it yeah. might it might just you know it might just be like that in general. Maybe. I would hope, though, that if it's not like that right off the bat, I would at least hope for me after like a handful of, um, you know, dates or hangouts or whatever, um, that at some point it at least does start to feel like there's some kind of ignition there, Um, you know, like uh, some ignition of a spark or something like there's got to be some um, some one turning moment there, like a turning point that just kicks it into high gear. Yeah. and maybe it doesn't happen right away, but maybe it, it like it happens slowly. But at some point, you got to realize that it's happening. And if, if you don't, then like that you makes me want to leave. You miss yeah, it. you uh, missed yeah, it. Yeah. You miss it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I just want to tie in. Just it's more of just a, I guess maybe a closing point to this. But when you when you talk when you said on John Eldridge, where you know you basically woo that girl to an ad- through adventure or whatever. Where and I, I read on it's on page one eighty six. I wrote down because I, I just read it today. Was you know. Being a lover and a warrior and not a nice guy, you know, f- fighting because he's because even because he, he, he gives his experience to his book. That's why his book is so good. Cause he's telling you like what he went through throughout his life up until his point in marriage where even, you know, it's he and quote like where divorce seemed like a good option at that moment for both of them. They were both at that just they were just at that point yeah. at some point in their relationship. Right. So then, uh, you know. He was at some point in the relationship, and to he wanted to look like a knight. That's that's the that's the metaphor he used, like to look like to be that knight in shining armor for your for your princess, right? Right. So he gives that where he wanted to look like a knight, but he didn't want to bleed like one. Mm. And when he gave that, I was like, I couldn't agree more. Like you know, it's one, th- it's it's, and it, to me that ties into so many things in general life. Yeah. Of you know, you wanna look the part but yet you, you you're not willing to sacrifice you're not willing to bleed yeah. for that like put in the work I yeah guess. Put, put, and now putting in the work you know like i said the, putting in the work we can go on to a different tangent we can eventually go off of there but um before we do i just wanted to leave that leave these points because that's what i read today i, I kind of skimmed through the through the chapter this morning and i was like okay, like oh i, I had forgot about specifically this so i want to say oh somewhere in the book it's it says this like no it's you know he talks about being a lover and a warrior and bleeding not just uh you know looking the part not saying oh yeah this is this is my this is my wife you know and oh yeah he's my husband and you know behind closed doors there's nothing you know it's just dead blah you know yeah nothing mm-hmm. super man awesome. what a quote that shook me just now good that shook me uh the uh, other thing that shook me as far as the subject matter goes, so I inherited some uh, miscellaneous CDs yesterday um, from a family friend who is moving and can't take her whole record collection with her. So 
she's kind of been sorting stuff out, and she um, let me have these CDs. Yes. And uh, one of the CDs was Bruce Springsteen Greatest Hits, and I've been meaning to dive into Bruce's catalog, and I've kind of done it um, here and there, not a lot uh, via Spotify, but you know, like this Greatest Hits one was like a good way to start, and so. There's one on there, track four, called The River, and I'd heard the song before, and John Eldridge um, references it in the book, but this lyric really shook me to the core. So the background of the song is basically about this guy and this, um, you know, this girl uh, named Mary, and they like have an infatuation or fall in love, if you will, like in high school, and then he gets her pregnant, and they, you know, so they're kind of forced to marry, and you know, so, and that's this kind of their situation. And so then they get to a point in their marriage where they just, like, don't care anymore. And, um, well, when they'd go down to the river, he's referencing the time where they were young and, like, crazy in love with each other. And they'd go down to the river and, and like, be in love, you know. That was, like, the place they'd just be in love with each other. And so this verse goes, But I remember us riding in my brother's car, her body tan and wet down at the reservoir. At night on them banks I'd lie awake and pull her close just to feel each breath she'd take. Now those memories come back to haunt me. They haunt me like a curse. Is a dream a lie if it don't come true, or is it something worse? That sends me down to the river, though I know the river is dry. That sends me down to the river tonight. Yeah, down to the river, my baby and I. So he's just like, ah, it strikes me apart, man. So good, especially the uh, the dream line. It just yeah. shakes me Dang. so hard. It's good. Uh, okay, let's let's pause right second, or for a quick second. So we are face we are live on Facebook now. Hi, uh, Christina. You said I think I missed it. She says, "What's the title of the book?" It's John Eldridge. It's called Wild at Heart. I'll post it right now. Give me a second. And I'll show you guys. I'll introduce the guys in a bit. But it's this book right here. Uh, very good. Very intriguing. Very enticing. Uh, hopefully you got it now, Christina. If not, you can kind of scroll back in the video. So that's Brian. What's up? Say what's up. <laughs> Hello. I hope many people know uh, Eddie Signs, my boss. Stop it. And <laughs> plug for him. Check out his music. Oh, Don't man. procrastinate. I had a friend send me a Snapchat <laughs> of Highway 281 playing on the radio. Oh, She's really? Like, Is oh, this nice. your friend? I was cool. like, eh. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's him. And she's like, yeah. like I, It was a catchy tune. And then I heard something about the highway. And I was like, hey, like I think I know who this is. And sure enough. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, I always feel so proud when people bring up like your songs to yeah. me. They're like, hey, is this your friend? I was like, eh. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'll be honest. I get about a text a day, which is pretty cool. Dang. Really? At least a text a day. Yeah. No nice. way. That's For awesome. sure, weekdays. More weekdays and weekends, for sure. Uh, but I do. I, well, it might be because I'm. we're, we're b usually busy on the weekends, so people don't really text me on the weekends. But um, I do get about a text at least once every Monday nice. through Friday. That's cool. cool. Yeah, it gets played quite a Quite a handful of times throughout the week, which is very nice <laughs> and convenient. Hey, Eddie, Ryan just said, ah, dude, you like Springsteen? Love Springsteen <laughs> at the moment. Like, can't get enough, obsessed. So he's actually the best concert I've ever seen, like the best live show I've ever seen. And that's because I saw him at a time where I knew nothing about his music or like what he does or what he's done. And um, he was by far my favorite show, still to this day. Even though I'm not, like, a huge Bruce Springsteen fan still at the moment. Like, it's not my go-to, but definitely the best live show I've ever seen. My, um, my ex-girlfriend's father bought us tickets, and then the three of us and then her older brother went. 
It was a good time. That was the happiest I'd ever seen her dad. Like, <laughs> by far the happiest. Oh. Oh no! What'd you do? My bad. I'm getting this thing. Dropping stuff. Quit dropping shit. <laughs> I blame gravity. I'm like <laughs> trying to open this water bottle without making you. it look I like I'm gonna you. piss myself. Oh. oh, too late. It happened. You pissed wow. <laughs> Just a little bit squeaked out. <laughs> not of me. Not of me. Of the water bottle. <laughs> Oh man! So we were on uh, what acquaintances? Yeah, we were. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else. Um, I I, ca- I have another big topic that I want to hit, but I, I want us to kind of say. Well, are you sure? I can. <laughs> okay, before you go there, go. I can. I I wanna. I wanna say that I had a very very pleasant experience using Lyft in the valley. Um, Lyft, I guess, just went live in the RGV yesterday, so okay. I I actually took a lift over here to Andy's. And it was it was pretty cool. And when we when we started talking about being open with strangers, I thought back to like my first experience with like a ride sharing service like Uber or Lyft. And um, usually when we got a, an Uber somewhere, um, I think because of who I was with, like I was the more maybe open person in the car. So if the guy started talking, I'd start, you know replying and we'd start having a conversation and i'd be really open and be like well where are you guys from and this and that and um normally i'd be kind of cautious about what i say like oh, i don't want to tell this guy where i'm from you know yeah it might be some serial killer or something so before that like i, w- I was very cautious about what i said or information i give out about myself but um no man when you're when you're open about things and honest like you never know where the conversation can lead. So I've learned a lot about my Uber drivers in my <laughs> travel experiences. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I and I don't, definitely don't think that's a bad thing. Like the guy that brought me over, he drives a semi for a living. Right, right. Yeah, I mentioned that. So okay, let's let's go into. I guess let's go into this. So we can go and talk about a little bit of commerce. So be- between like Lyft, Ubers, and taxis, taxis are most most expensive. Yes. Okay. Definitely. By by far. Okay. I guess I want to understand more about Lyft. Like, I, I feel like it's such a great business model that I want to understand more really? about Really? Like, it. I, I kind of wish I knew more details about how it works. Right, right. Because yeah, okay, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know exactly, you know, how a taxi driver makes his money or, like, how it's split, you know, between right. the cab company and, you know, who owns the car and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know. I, all I know is that I think for all three services, there's, like, a base price and then there's, like, a, a rate for the distance and there's a rate for the time so when you combine all that that's what you pay and then somehow it's kind of split into like for example like uber lyft the cab company and then they pay the drivers and there's also um a price factored in um as to that pertains and there's like an algorithm or an equation or whatever um like if there's not enough lyfts or ubers like in the area Oh, I'm more out at that particular yeah. time of day. Then they'll charge you a little bit more right. because there's less drivers out. So I forget demand. what that's called, but yeah, it's basically more, more demand, less yeah. supply. So there's like Uber is a a surge, I think Uber surge. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Lyft, I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, when when it's stuff like that, I I have both apps because I come I go back and forth and compare who's charging more. There you go. Uh, and that, that, that was gonna be my my thing. Like as far as okay, not Uber versus Lyft. It seems like that's gonna be the next thing. Yeah. Because there's really, in my opinion, there's no comparison between a taxi and like Uber or a Lyft. Right, right. So right. really, in the in the bigger cities, people are using Uber or Lyft going all the time. You think that's why the bigger cities, i.e., Vegas, are delaying that Uber having Uber in town, or or 
What, what t- where were we that? We got the me- email like it like, was wow. it was Vegas. Was it Vegas? We got like a notification that they were available, but every time we called one, like there was no there drivers. Was nothing. There was nothing. And right. it may have been that, like for example, like yesterday, Lyft went live in the in the valley, mm-hmm. yet there were no drivers available. Yeah. So it might we might have just been on that like on the brink. Or of Or maybe it. like the system was like up, needing to like kind of like yeah. update itself yeah. maybe because. I don't, I, of course, that goes way technical into, like, you know, IT and stuff. Right. As far as an app, you know, being able to just – or the server then notifying everybody's apps and everybody's emails, you know, whoever does yeah. – because I feel like there's a, at least a substantial amount of people that now use that versus taxis. Definitely. And so with those servers, you know, taking up space and you need to have enough servers and then, like, the internet and the whole – you know, the whole shebang, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. Which well, is amazing. I'll tell you this much about – um my preference to take Uber or Lyft versus taking a taxi. So living in Nashville for close to six years, um, the taxi drivers there are terrible. They're always like on the verge of getting in wrecks. Um, the last time I was in a taxi, uh, personally in Nashville, um, the dude ran two red lights. Not even joking. <laughs> ran two you red you would hate Uber or Lyft in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my Lord. That was bad. Yeah. But I've just had so many negative experiences with taxis. And uh, Nashville, um, the taxi, they might have changed it now since there would be a demand for them to change, um, trying to compete with the Uber and Lyft market. Um, But before Uber and Lyft came along, so this would have been circa like 2010 when I just arrived in Nashville. And uh, so a taxi ride cost me like $20 to get from one part of town to another part of town. Like it's stupid. Um, Like if I wanted to go from downtown to east side, then it's going to cost me a flat rate of 20 and then they're also going to add on to that. If I want to go downtown to the airport, it's a flat rate of 20 Like, you know, so any major location of the city that you're trying to get to, yeah. like, it's a flat rate of 20 and then yeah. some. So I'm just like, no, nah, it's, like, fucking expensive. And then they drive um, terribly. <laughs> and then, um, well, when you – it's not like New York City, right, where you can hail one down. It's not like – it's actually illegal for Man. them to be able to um, pick you up that way. Yeah. So you have to hmm. call – the number for the taxi cab service, and then they come and get you, right? right. And that experience in and of itself, uh, just the calling part and setting up the ride is shitty as fuck. Like, um, is it because you're an introvert? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it's because the people who answer the phone are rude as fuck, um, don't have good people skills, and um, hard to understand sometimes. Yes. And they're just ter- it's terrible. It's a very just terrible experience. And I know with at least Uber and Lyft that they're going to be somewhat normal people. I've only ever had one bad experience with Uber, um, and I think I talked about it on a recent podcast, but it basically ended up being clear. It got cleared up right away. A guy took an abnormal route um, to get to where I needed to be, so it cost me more. And so I emailed Uber, like the support or whatever, uh, support email, and they got it instantly, and they like got back to me within a day, and they put the money back in my account. And nice. they, like, they corrected it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Good customer service. Interesting. I've, I've only used taxis because back in that time when I was using transportation like that, Uber wasn't yet quite a thing. And I was very skeptical. I didn't, I, I just, taxis I knew. And, yeah. and I personally didn't have any bad experience with taxis. Not that I use them often, but I use them just enough where I, you know, I had a contact in Corpus and then I had contact in Dallas, Fort, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And uh, so that was that. The only thing is Dallas-Fort Worth, while not necessarily the worst drivers, but the scariest in the sense, like, this guy's on his phone, and he's talking, and he's, like, he's just zooming down, I forgot, whatever interstate r- connects uh, Fort Worth with, with Dallas. So I'm mm-hmm. going from Exchange Street, which is downtown Fort Worth, across town to Dallas Love, which is, like, on the other side of town, to catch a flight, you know, red-eye flight or whatever. 
and uh, wow, he was a nice guy, but oh my god, I I just prayed on, I just prayed for dear life because I was just, I just wanted to get there. That I want, he like I said, he didn't run red lights, but we were on the highway and he was just zooming, zooming on his iPhone. I had one and Uber <laughs> driver who ran a red light. We almost crashed twice, but it was a lot cheaper than taxi. <laughs> and I was I was in a rush. I really don't think I let him know that, but he made it work. There and you go. Man, but yeah, that that's the only scary um experience I've had with Uber or Lyft. That one crazy driver in New York. That's fair. Um I had another thing I was going to say, but I forgot. Um well, it's just more convenient than like, you know, m- either memorizing the taxi cab number or having to enter the taxi cab number in your phone. Um, and then yeah, calling them that the way, app. you know, like just have the app and then you don't have to talk to anybody. You just you put in even, your information, you your cards on file. Yeah, you don't exchange like, money. Yeah, that yeah, that's the other thing is you don't exchange money because with the taxi cabs for a while, they couldn't take your card. Um, t- uh, taxis in Nashville started taking card in like 2011, 2012 uh-huh, in between wow. there. Um, but when I first got there, it was cash only. Right. So me and whoever I was splitting the, the, ca- uh, the cab with, like, you know, friends if we were going out or something, then we would just, like, oh, well, who has ones? You have change for a 10. You got change for 20. <laughs> yeah. No, and now you can split it through the app. It's so yeah, convenient. It's super convenient. Yeah, Man. super convenient. And I, um, I, I understand why uh, the taxi unions and taxi workers in general are super pissed about it, and they're protesting their asses off and, and trying to get legislation to make a change or whatever, but... This goes back to just uh, like the Mark Cuban aspect kind of things, uh, and I like have to make that reference because I was just watching Shark Tank before coming here. Nice. Um, but he w- and he was telling this to someone who had a business with a product that was a commodity. I, I couldn't tell you what it was. I was kind of just watching it loosely while doing something else. But it was a commodity product, right? And uh, so he was basically, um, you know, I think Kevin wanted to make a deal with that was, um, you know, like royalty based or whatever. And then Mark was basically saying something like, no, like, that's bullshit. Like, you know, then like, it just, like, shows you don't care. He goes, like, I'm willing to lay down, like, and pay for some equity um, because I want to fucking compete. Like, I'd, like you know, like, I want to compete. And that's right. what you need to be doing when you're a commodity. You need to just compete. And I was like, taxi cabs, why don't you just fucking compete? Just compete. Like, quit bitching about it. There's almost nothing you can do about it. It's yeah. a free market. So compete, damn it. That's be true. Be better. Because you know? I guess to some extent before – ride-sharing services um it was sort of a monopoly like they monopolized if if anything there was different cab companies but yeah it it was it all was the same the same service really, really yeah. yeah and well ma- oh, well good on good on whoever created the comp taxi a, a taxi cab company because they probably made a lot yeah before they expanded into it i think that that's why we call them all taxis because they're all the yellow cars everybody knows it's kind of like the yellow pencil thing yeah. You know, the micro thing where it's like, oh, but this is your pen, you know, where I say, you know, this is your pencil, whatnot. So for uh so for the taxi thing, where it created that, it was like, okay, hey guys, you know, probably started probably started like in New York, you know, like one of those bigger cities. A you know, big I w- city. I would assume I'm just assuming, you know, I don't I don't know, but let's assume that is what happened. So it started from there and then everybody's hey, this person's doing this, this person this. So then maybe taxi cab started be, or taxi cab company started because it was just maybe a different city or different location. Like, hey, we're gonna be at this part of town. Hey, we're gonna be at this part of town, and now and then. But the origin is the same. You know, that one yeah. person or that group of people who had this business idea. Was like, hey, how about we just give everybody rides? There, you know, everybody hates New York City traffic, so let's just give everybody rides. You know, let's bring that convenience. And like, what you guys, you guys are talking about, and this this is normal. 
uh, as far as advancement in technology is, you guys are talking about the convenience of the app. It was the same thing back then. It's just now it's just intensified through technology, through the technology that we have built yeah. for us now. I'm really surprised that tax cab companies didn't think of this already. Like I think I think the tax cab company in general just seems like they got really content with their whole little business model and didn't think about how to improve it all. They didn't think that, anybody was going to. That's sneak what it seems up. like to me. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't disagree. And adding to that is. They knew they know what their margin is. They just they were just they're just trying to capitalize on the margin. Everybody wants to capitalize on their margin, or at least I feel as a business person, you should at least to a certain point, you know, not I'm not saying get greedy, I'm saying you know, you have your margin, you know what you're worth. Because uh, I, I guess let me let me bring this up is like Michael Kors and all these high profile companies mm-hmm. where they don't have coupons, they don't have certain sales. Because they know that they're going to give you the best product in the world, i.e. Coach, i.e. Michael Kors. Apple. Apple. Yeah. Oh, Apple. <laughs> exactly. Because, like, right, yeah, I mean, I've heard yeah, of, no. like, I've heard of, like, outlet stores for some of these designer brands. Right, right, right. Where, where you can get a really great discount mm-hmm. because it's, like, last season's stuff. Right. But Apple, come on. Like, when are you going to really find an outlet store for Apple right. with like there's not. half-priced iPhones type type of deal, you know? And they're sure they're they make sure to not have outlets. Now, let me tell you about outlet stores in general. And I got this through my mom who found an article saying how it's most of the outlet stuff is not last season stuff. They make a whole separate batch of stuff for outlets to sell at outlet prices. Wow. So more than likely you will that's why if you go to the mall and then you go to the outlet in Mercedes, you're mm-hmm. not going to find the same stuff because it's not last season. It's a whole different season. It's a whole season. different batch. It's a whole different thing. So true. It's a whole different thing. And and I didn't realize like, – it's not that I didn't realize it, but I just didn't think of that. It's just a variable that I never I – I had nothing to consider. Uh-huh. So then when I read this article, I'm like, how like that's good <laughs> for them business-wise. You know, Oakley and these stores. Any store you find at the mall, any store, even the candy shops, like all of that, everything that you find in the store – it's probably at the outlets, and they've these companies have found a way to basically the outlets is like their side hustle because while they're selling for cheaper, their margin is probably the same. Right. Their margin is probably the same. Heading to these people like, oh, let's go to the outlets. Oh, let's go to the outlets. It's Christmas. Let's save some money. When the margin is exactly the same, so they're not they're not they're not shrinking their margins by anything. If anything, if well, anything, the company they might be making more because they can charge more because they know more people will go to the outlets. Or not necessarily make more because they'll charge more, but make more in volume. Oh, or that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They know that. Exa- okay, there you go. I like that. You know, where they know they're going to sell more units yeah. at the outlet store for this price. So that that X is going to cross. You know, that, that supply and demand X is going to cross. And, right. you know, they're going to break that threshold. And, you know, the rest is history. Yep. You've been fooled again. <laughs> it's so Joke's on you, consumers. It's so <laughs> it's so good. Well, remember, we were, me and you were talking about consumerism yeah. on Wednesday. We're talking about you know getting in the heads of general consumer. I'm, l- I'm looking at the Facebook Live because it's like the general consumer. <laughs> <laughs> you people. But but Eddie brought up a good point, and we came to this, or he came to the conclusion that I agreed on was that we are also general consumers in our own right because we have our own things that we like. Him and his vinyl. Yeah. Me with right now. Well, right now it's not really much. It's more like it's more. I guess intrinsic stuff like the podcast, like I'm paying for the podcast. I'm paying for different things that are I need or yeah. I want. Like right uh, now, when you brought up like uh, you're not really shrinking their margins, well, it's what the consumer is willing to pay for that product. So right. in the end, the consumer doesn't lose because they're comfortable, you know, paying that price for that product. Like it's a perceived value, and if they think they're getting a deal, 
then you know it's it's whatever right. it's, it's in their it's in their psychology right right so to expound this and for this is like i guess a secret that whoever's watching can listen to is like us eddie and myself trying to get into the consumer's mind as far as music goes getting into their their getting into their minds how can we get into the general consumer because there was an exa- there's something that came up where we were talking about i think maybe about another band or something we were talking about something else in regards to music the point was that we f- we see all these details because we're, we're trying to work them out ourselves. We need to literally get into like someone who's not in the music industry, like get into their mind, because our original mindset is that of a musician or a, or a business that's selling music. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. And and, and it, it just in the end. It's just kind of interesting, you know, variables that aren't we don't know yet. You know, we're trying to we're still trying to kind of figure it out. Well, since we're going there, the one that really trips me out the most, and anyone that knows me kind of closely knows that I kind of have it out for Aaron Watson in a way, um, <laughs> yeah, just because I think his whole in a way or like in a way, <laughs> um, I don't really have it out for the guy. I'm just it's a you know I'm just kind of just joking around. But okay, so here's my thought on Aaron Watson. It has nothing to do with his music. It has everything to do with his image and the brand that he gives off. So he comes off uh, on his social media and in his image and his branding, he comes off as a very wholesome, down-to-earth, Christian, church-going, family man. That's his thing. He loves Jesus, his wife, and his kids, and everything he does is for that, right? Which is a great way to be. Now, maybe he is really that way. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he's just saying all that shit because he knows people like that, because people relate to that, and people will buy and support his music for that. Yeah. Um, and whether um, you like it or not, and, and again, like, I'm not saying like it's like, like a bad thing necessarily, you know, um, but you've got to remember at the end of the day that his job is to put money in his fucking bank account, okay? So w- when it comes down to it, he's going to do whatever means necessary to, to do that, to continue to do what he likes to do, which is make music, okay? So... You know, coming off of the branding thing, if, if that's what sells, that's what sells. And it fucking sells. Yep. Um, people love Jesus. And you so. can't argue. <laughs> well, besides that, <laughs> let's go back to just Aaron Watson. Like, because he's built up this this brand of, you know, his, of his foundation, his virtues, you will not argue with an Aaron Watson fan. If you do, you're wasting your time. Oh, yeah. Gonna, if you're going to argue with, you know, with uh, Aaron Watson fan. And I kind of figured that out, I guess, a few years ago when – I saw him at Bruce Street. Super, I mean, great show. I mean, his guitarist Jason Lerma, uh, phenomenal. You know, Western swing player. I just, you know, I can't get enough. But uh, aside from that, he sang very little, and was he basically pulled a mini George Strait, in the sense of he could just stand there and as long as he was shaking hands on right. like in front, he was good to go. Well, I got to see George Strait when he came to State Farm Arena like a few years ago, whatever. When he was his retirement, whatever. And he kind of did the same thing. You know, they'd have, like, five-minute solos because he was just walking around. He was just posing his guitar. And he was just like, damn. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. And I I had already seen Aaron Watson before this. So when I saw George Strait do it and I tied it all I tied it all together. And But as long as it sells records, I mean, he's, he's, he's golden. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not that way. Right, maybe, right. Maybe Aaron Watson is genuinely a wholesome Christian family value guy. And that that's cool. Now, I personally think it's a facade 
I, I, I'm sure there is some truth to it. I'm not. I'm not saying like he worships Satan. Like I'm not saying. Right. It's the, <laughs> I'm not saying it's the complete yeah. opposite. Right. You know of what he's putting on. But I think it's not nearly as much as he leads on. I think it's more of an image branding selling point for him, quite honestly. And uh, listeners, you can totally disagree with me. We don't have to fight about it. It's cool. We can still be friends, I hope. But that's just my own personal opinion. From what I've seen him post, you know, it always starts out with Jesus Christ. And everything I do is for Jesus Christ and the Almighty and, uh, you know, my Lord and Savior and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all great. And then at the very bottom, it gets to the end of the, the sappy story. If you haven't heard Diamonds and Daughters, make sure you buy it here on iTunes and then link. And it's like, he's, he's trying to sell his product. That's all it is. Yep. You know? That's my, uh, that's my two cents. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Honestly, it's fine because I see it too. And honestly, I feel when you have an insight into general business and – Going beyond a business degree, working for a retail store, working for working for people in general, uh, I think you learn. And some people that complain should learn and move forward or make a decision, right? On on as far as leaving the job or staying and putting up with it. If you if you really want to, you sit, you stay, and you put up with it. But uh, but in his case, uh, like I said, going back to just the consumers and, and trying to get into the minds of of people that listen to music, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing that you know it's it's gonna take a while. I, I would say to take a little bit to figure out, but you know, when it happens, you know, I, I hope to uh, make sure all of my colleagues stay on the path. You know, as far as keeping the music first, and then everything else will follow. You know, if if we keep music, we keep the camaraderie. We, you know, we keep practicing, we keep playing for the music. You know, everything else follows. That that I truly believe that. I've been playing live since 2011, late 2011, 2012, and everything else. I mean, it's it's really secondary to when we're on stage or when I'm on stage. You know, as you know, for a band, for any band. That's uh, fair. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking about you know you were saying like putting music first and and listening to the music first and all that. Put that first. Uh, I started thinking about Randy Rogers Band, and they're also uh, like Aaron Watson, very successful um, people that cut their teeth in the Texas country scene primarily. Yes. And. You know, and that's the market they rule that they're king of. Um, anyway, and, and I was just kind of thinking about Randy Rogers' band. I'm like, okay, well, why are they so successful? What's their image? What's their branding like? And in my opinion, their um, image and branding is just very wholesome. They just are who they are, and that's it. I hardly ever see them post about, like, you know, a sappy story about this, about why they wrote this song, and that's then true. post a link. That's they true. never do that. That's true. It's they just, never do that. It's just, hey, we're, we're playing a show at this place, and, you know. Yeah. And well, they don't they don't hype their music that much. It just speaks for itself. It's yeah. just really good music and all the si- time. Since the since the beginning of their time too. Yeah. Like it's since the beginning. I mean, and they, they've been original, right? Mm-hmm. Like from the, since they've only added a keys utility player. I think so. Right. Like, but the other five or four guys is the same that's been since like two thousand. Yeah. Know, it's been seventeen years now, or yeah. almost twenty years. And the music has always just spoken for itself. They've yeah. never needed to push it the same way that Aaron Watson pushes his music, with within. Uh, within a confine of his image and brand, and right, like and actually taking a pure business approach, as opposed to kind of a maybe a raw business approach. Yeah. you know, more let it be authentic. Just be more you know? authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not pushing because the technology is hype. Just let the music play and you know keep keep it first. Keep ultimately keep it first. And with Randy Rogers Band, like in their interviews, there's never a big sappy story all the time. It's just like 
a, a wholesome, authentic, <laughs> like seems like it would not have been fabricated kind of story. Yeah. I'm not saying they've never had like a sappy moment. I've definitely seen interviews where um, like Randy talks about writing with Guy Clark or where Randy talks about um, being with Bruce Robeson or, or, or something phenomenal that happened to him. But right, again, like right. it comes off as wholesome. Right, right. You know, it's not a, it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel over pushed all the time. Yeah. It comes up naturally. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, like to the and again, you're saying like for us, it's it's obvious because it's what we do. It's the world we live and breathe in. Yeah. Um, all the time with music and music industry. But for some people, it's not as apparent. And I get that. And I'm sure there are things for me um, that's not apparent within another industry that uh, I don't realize. Um, I uh, got into this Facebook conversation, comment conversation with this um, this person who had posted a status about how KTEX, um, the local country station for the Rio Grande Valley, um, in case you didn't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know. Who Just in case. Um, so it's the only country station we have here within uh, four county, um, you know, I guess radius, radius if you yeah. will. And so, uh, you know, if you want to listen to country, that's all you got. And so they play, you know, mostly top 40 country. They do play some Texas country here and there, mostly on Saturday nights. They've, they've started filtering during a week. They have. I think on purpose. I've caught but, that. But, but continue. Just yeah. continue. So this person's status was about how K-Tex plays, like, a whole bunch of, you know, bullshit music and whatever. And why doesn't someone just start, like, another country <laughs> station? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Like, why doesn't someone yeah. just start another country station that plays only Texas country? Oh, man, they do so much better than K-Tex. Well, that's your opinion. Right. And even then, it's very un... There's no evidence to support that opinion because like we've had other stations that do not survive because of the the machine you know what's what's funny is how we always think we're the first ones to come up with this awesome (laughs) fucking idea but there's always always either a parallel or it already happened yeah at some at some point at some point and i was about to start offering rights to people for money (laughs) and then yesterday i get an email about lyft that's too funny (laughs) um, <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, we've had like K buck tried to do it yeah, and yeah. they flipped out, you that know, that's probably the biggest w- one that lasted the longest, you know, not that, not that it lasted long, but I yeah. feel like that was the one that it was like one or 2.1 that, you know, lasted for a while that I know I enjoyed. I don't, I remember my dad talking about that one, you know, he preferred that one at the time and whatnot. I preferred it at the time too. Yeah. And yep. as did my parents, but, um, anyways, sorry, I'm like trying to get comfortable here. You're my good, you're good. cords are all crossed <laughs> up. Um, so I like I started chiming in on this conversation, and I was like, "Well, here's the thing: KTEX is part of uh, what is it, Clear Channel Radio, yeah. okay? So there's only two radio companies that own 100% of the radio market, right? So that's um, Clear Channel and Cumulus is the other one, I think. I think so. Right? I think I'm pretty so. sure there used to be three, and then one got absorbed, and yeah. And Clear Channel has, I'm pretty positive, over two-thirds of the market down. Like, Cumulus is small, very small compared to Clear Channel. So when you're listening to radio, it's more likely than not going to be a Clear Channel radio station. So all these radio stations fall under Clear Channel. So Clear Channel dictates what they play for the most part, right? Because they're the boss. They oversee. That's It's their call, first and foremost, primarily, right? It's their money. So KTEX doesn't necessarily get to play what they want to play, first and foremost, Okay. And I know some of the radio uh, DJs there and, and know their taste in music and have talked about what they play and what they'd like to play. And it's it's not so much necessarily that they want to be playing what they're playing, but it's it's the market. That's what makes money. And, well, of course, this person who posted the status is a hardcore Texas country fan. 
um, specifically Cody Johnson, which he referenced in the status, like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't they play Cody Johnson and it would be way better? Right. And they'd make way more money. And it's like, well, that's not the case. Cody Johnson isn't a national mainstream touring act. Yeah. Sorry. Like, I get that he's very... I mean, I'm a huge fucking Cody Johnson fan. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. He's, he's fucking amazing, right? But he's not as big as Florida Georgia Line or Luke Bryan or, like, even, like, the band fucking Perry. Yeah, like, yeah you know, true. Like, he's <laughs> just not. Sorry. And I get that he's very popular in this area or in this state, but he's not going to hold the listener, you know? And a lot of times um, we have a lot of cross listeners. People also like top 40 mainstream country. I was about to say and that. And they also yes. like Texas yep. country. Yep. So it's not like there's an exclusivity um, to the Texas country genre. And Texas, the state of Texas, still um, has like a whole third of the country music industry, like a third of the listeners. So, yeah, like it makes sense for KTEX to not do what you want them to do, which is go completely Texas country. Right, right. So, uh, hopefully there's a change coming. Were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, like, again, it just goes back to just people don't understand because, um, you know, th they're not involved in that world. And they just, uh, because of that, not that they can't see the grander picture, but they don't take the time to see the grander picture because it's not immediate to them. It's not apparent. Right. So. Uh, what I was going to just add to that was hopefully there's change coming because because I believe it was Kelsey Ballerini supposed supposed to headline Houston Rodeo and she canceled like the day of the Grammys. And so then, of course, there was like who's going to who's going to headline, who's going to do the big show. So they gave it to Cody Johnson, which is really cool. Red. So according to the stats, there were 60,011 paid tickets, which is really good. Okay. So hopefully with that, there there will be just a little more of the pie coming this way. Maybe. As far as, you know, KTX being able to play a little more during the week, you know, like just a little more of the, honestly, you and like, you know, the, the bands out there that are here in Texas, you know, that do want, you know, a career that are doing it, I would say, I would argue, you know, for the music. But given that number, you know, in my opinion, I hope <laughs> – it's not maybe not the best thing, but I hope that you know there's more paid tickets for Cody Johnson than there were for Kelsey Ballerina. I don't know what pre-ticket sales were because, like I said, she canceled Grammys. Like they they announced Houston Road like back in like at the end of NFR, which is in December. That goes on in Vegas, and so like I said, the Gra day of the Grammys is the day that I think I believe it was Kelsey. It was it was for sure a female headlining artist, mainstream artist that was going to headline Houston Rodeo. They then canceled, and then gave Cody Johnson the helm. Interesting. I don't know if you saw that video of him riding, ho getting off on horseback. I didn't see it. He pulled a George Strait, bro. Alamo, like uh, Astrodome, like riding off on a horse and like shaking the hat. Oh, that's like, cool. And like the band was doing the outro, and he he rode off on a horse. That's pretty cool. They drove him in on an SUV, and he rode off on a horse. So he pulled the George Strait, and and essentially, you know, essentially George Strait in the sense of uh, just to give a picture of what he did. That's pretty rad, actually. I dig that. Uh, so. So with that, I told Brian about this yesterday. Cause, yeah, because it happened yes. Wednesday. Yes, yes, yes. I found out the number yesterday, which I hope it's accurate. I don't know, but that's what it said. 60,011 paid tickets, which is really good. Uh, of course, in the big-ass arena. So given that is a fact, you know, I hope that, that there is that change. But then there's that – where you said, you know, the cross-listeners, because I know plenty of – like tonight, tonight Randy Hauser's playing and Stoney LaRue, 50-50, you know, and – and and while I I I've seen Stoney Larue and I actually really enjoyed his show because I feel like his albums are are good, but I'm nitpicky about his songs. When I saw him live a few years ago at Concrete Street, opening for Randy Rogers, 
I enjoyed it very much. I I was like, wow, like he put on a good show. I enjoyed all this is just the movement. I I enjoyed the movement. So uh tonight, but still they're giving people that cross section. But maybe I guess it's just we're just going we're just bringing up variables now or possibilities. If they go 50-50 on shows like that, that might be a good thing. You know, like honestly even tomorrow like you're you're opening up for Coffee Anderson. He's from LA. He's out of LA. You know, the 50-50 thing that that essentially at least is a movement as opposed to bringing, let's just say, for example, Luke Bryan and Randy Hauser. Randy Hauser opens, you know, something like that. A dual, a dual, you know, what they've been lately calling a like dual headlining or co-headliner or whatever, which I don't like. I like an opening act that's like coming up, and then like, of course, the main act that's gonna come balls out, you know, whatever, and play well. Yeah, if uh, you want to build something as a co-headline, why don't you just start a festival, please? You might as well. Yeah, honestly, I I agree, and I think that's another way to, that they're trying to just make money, like oh, co-headliner. But it's it's one of those like gray areas where some people might get some people in the music side of the industry and in the music side of this are gonna get caught up in like oh we co-headline this show it's like but did you really like <laughs> Shut up. did you really like that's just one know. person did it last one person right. got off last only one person <laughs> played last and that's the closer that's the yeah. headliner I I I just I don't see I guess because of the because I know that and I'll say this when we play a show I know we're gonna do a hundred the aim is a hundred percent. It doesn't matter where in the slot, what slot we have. It doesn't matter if we're the first out of five bands or the headliner or the or the opening act. You know, not supporting act, because in theory, I guess it's it's headliner, then opener. Anything before that is supporting, supporting. acts. That's like the word, which is cool. Who cares? Put it three o'clock in the morning. We're gonna play the same show that we would as a headliner, and at least that's my mentality. That's the way I go into all the shows. I mean, it, it does not matter for me. It does not matter, and so when I when I started hearing about this co-headlining stuff, I think it was more prominent last year. Uh, I feel like this year it's, it's kind of like not coming back yet. Maybe towards the summer when they need money, when people <laughs> when venues need money, like hey, we're co-headlining uh, Cody Johnson and Randy Rogers or whatever. And even okay, I'm I guess let me go on a little rant for like yeah, a second. That would be a good go, show. Go go. Is bands fighting over that shit? Get the get over get over that. If you play your show well and if you put the music first, you're gonna you're gonna get your slots. You're gonna get your spots. And if you're if you've only been a band for two three years, give it ten. Give me give me a fucking break. I mean, I've been playing for five and I've barely done anything. And it's cool because I've enjoyed and I've learned a ton of stuff over the past five years. See, but I know you and you're more of the mentality that I have with the what I was referencing the Mark Cuban thing, like just shut up and fucking compete. Like, just compete. Just do your fucking thing and do it better than they do it. Or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Like, don't um, don't whine about it. Do something about it. Say what's up to Daniel. What's up, Daniel? <laughs> On that note. Um, I love competition. Right? Free market is awesome. I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, no, I do understand. <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> I understand why people have it out for capitalism right now. I genuinely fucking do. Especially after the economy collapsed 2008, right? Yeah. I totally fucking get it. But here's the thing. Capitalism works really fucking well as long as people are not greedy pigs. It's true. Now, what I'm going to – I'm going to use this as a little segue is you said, you know, the collapse happened in 2008 and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So since then, we've been in a bull market. We ha we've been going up since then. And now have surpassed, you know, whatever numbers were previous to that. So a bull market is when you're going up, when the stock market's going up and you're making money. So the next level 
of going down is called a uh, correction. It's called a correction. And that is basically when anything drops under 10%. So 10 to 19% is called a correction, which it's not so bad because corrections happen at least once a year. So like when people are investing, they kind of freak out and there's no reason to because correction when when there's when the stats show that corrections happen at least once a year it's like well okay cool like you should expect it and the way tony robbins uses it is that think of it as a season because the average correction lasts 54 days which is less than two months in a, in and on average so with that being said uh there's a correction that's 10 to 19 now 20 plus percent that's called a that's called a bear market, which basically that's the recession. That's when you know you just drop you're dropping points and you're you think you're gonna lose the money. You think you're gonna lose everything, when the case is not that. You know the the it's it's just a small period of time right. where that happens. And so we're talking. I, how do we get into, <laughs> how do we get into this? Well, well what capitalism. You said? Oh, capital. Yeah. Okay, free market capitalism. You know. Uh. Well, yeah. We'll just drive off that where, you know. The market moves if you, and that's the cool thing. I'm okay. I'm reading this current book so people can see. Uh, let me get this real quick. So I'm reading this book called Unshakable, by Tony Robbins that co-write co-wrote it with Peter Maluk, who works for this company called Creative Planning, which basically helps with uh, retirement and stuff like that, stuff connected to retirement. So he's given me all this facts. I've only read three chapters and it's just like mind-blowing i I, th- I was planning on being done 24 hours and i just stopped because because <laughs> what i would because because it's so short because it's like the other book the go-giver yeah it's short so i'm like fuck it i'll read it twice you know the first time i'll read it just go through it and the second time i'll go back and do my notes as i normally do well as i kept reading i'm like oh my like, there's a lot of good information that i want now that yeah. i can use now and then i can spread like there's the, there's a the client at nine round that uh i brought up reti- i brought up retirement and she's like I guess I should be thinking about that, right? And I was like, well, yes. it'd be a good idea. It's never too early. Right. Exactly. And if anything, start earlier. Like that that's like the key is to start earlier. Start investing, you know, get your money in. And Eddie, I mean, we can talk about this in a bit. I'm we're going to log off Facebook in a bit. Uh but anyway, so there's these markets. So when it comes to free market and regardless, all companies want to keep progressing. Like, you know, every company wants to be better for the most part or maybe even be more profitable. Let's say they want to be better, but they want to be more profitable. So with that being said, the volatility of the move and the movement of the market is normal. So yeah, I agree with free. I, I like, um, I, I just agree with your statement. And I just wanted to put this little, little bit of substance on that. Cause it's like, if you look at the research and it's in the, like it's in this book that they do like a hundred years of, re- like they get just the evidence, you know, since the stock market ba- basically opened, right? Uh, 19, whatever, early in the 1900s. But um, yeah, free market's good. And we're very lucky. There's even is it is it Warren Buffett? I need, okay, I'll go back for the next time. But I think it's Warren Buffett. It's like, how are you successful? And he's like, well, I was born in America, and then I was, I guess he's he's experienced, so he's learned, and he has just not like a, a little bit of luck. There's you know that's the third element. But the, his thing was like, I live in America, I live in a free market. You know, live here. I can make my decisions. And too. he's frugal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like people, you know. Yeah, he's 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 Warren like the Buffett, definition. He's, he still drives like the same car he's been driving for like the last thirty years or yeah. something like that. And he's based, isn't he based out like like Nebraska or something? Is, is he the one based really out of there? Know. I no, really it's not don't him. Know. It's somebody else. It's somebody else. But he's not. He's not living in a big city. Or a big house. Or, or yeah, yeah. Or. He's 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 yeah. He's the definition of frugal. Like people, 
sometimes may may call me frugal. I'm really not. I just spend on like a lot of food and <laughs> stuff like stuff that stuff that satisfies me. But um, so when it comes, I guess that's one thing. Like when it comes to like, the com- the general consumer, we're like, oh, you're very frugal. I'm like, yeah, just like no, I'm not. I'm just spending. No, I just don't spend as much as you. <laughs> yeah, or or that maybe you know maybe it's just that. But anyways, uh, pre market's good. We can move forward. Before we do, hold on. I think Danny has something. Uh, says the expression the crowd gives you when you give your 100%. Okay, the expression the crowd gives you when you give your 100% and do close to the opening act is priceless. Say that again for uh, me. I'm not sure I followed. Hold you on, Dad. You might have to you might have to re-say this last thing. You said I think I get the it. The expression the crowd gives you when you give your 100%. So when you give your 100%, like the crowd like the reaction is good. Okay. I think that's what he's okay. And then that it's close to the the opening I mean, it's or maybe he meant headline, or maybe as the opening act. Yeah. Like even if you're even if you're the opening act, if Danny correct me if, if wrong, uh, but um, I think that's what he means. Like you know that that reaction you get when you are the opener, but you and give you your hundred percent and you get you get so you get immediate feedback. You get that that adrenaline rush at the end when you you know you, oh fuck you yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's nice when so people get it. Yeah. Good, <laughs> Danny. I'll give you a thumbs up on that. Uh, this mic. Hold on. So Eddie's using a fifty-eight. Hold on. Let me sh- Eddie's using a 58. Uh, I'm using a microphone. <laughs> He's Same. Brian's using my 58. And then this one is actually a cheap. It's actually I pay like 30 bucks, bro. It's a it's a condenser cardioid, newer. I bought it on Amazon. Newer NW800. That's what I that's what I got, Danny. That's that's the condenser I'm using for the podcast. Uh, and yeah, it com- came with a pop filter. Got a couple of these arm things that go on the desk. I got one for Brian. Yeah. Eddie likes to hold it, so it's, it's all good. That's just a preference. So uh, with that being said, Facebook, we are logging off now. See you, dudes. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to check us out. comes out Thursday morning, about 5 a.m. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Subscribe. Leave reviews. We'll catch you later. What's it? Wait, wait, wait. What's what? the name of the podcast? Oh, oh. <laughs> that, that, that might be important, right? So moving with life. My bad. My bad. Thanks to you. Got it. The the guy, <laughs> this guy right here. Just watching out for you. No, we're good. So yeah. So moving with life will be posted on Thursday mornings at about five a.m. This time th- today, this past Thursday was like seven thirty, but because I fell asleep, I'm like, damn it, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I fell asleep during the upload, so I had to like return on my reboot my computer to for it to continue. Upload, yeah. So. All right, signing off. Danny, we'll catch you later. Thanks. You said great idea with the podcast. Uh, yeah, we, it's, it's all recorded, bro. If you want to check it out, like I said, it's on iTunes. Check out Stitcher. past episodes. Yeah, we have eight episodes, so this is the ninth one. You know, we've been doing at this for two months, which is pretty cool. Damn, pretty rad. So we should have a party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get that going. All right, Facebook, later's. Cool. You know, it really weirds me out when people don't support. Um, a product or a business or an ideology or whatever, yet they uh, still like buy those products and support those people that they don't want to support. It's weird. Mm. Well, like, with the whole KTEX thing, like this person talking about how KTEX sucks, is like, well, how do you know it sucks? You're fucking listening to it, aren't you, you jackass? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you're still supporting it when you tune in. Like I hate every time I take a bite out of a McDonald's burger. Well, stop doing that. Right? No, but seriously, <laughs> it, 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 it.
it weirds me out when people um when people do that. At least I know like when I get McDonald's, like I always tell someone close by, like, this is gonna feel really great right now, but I know I'm gonna regret it in <laughs> twenty minutes. But I had no other option. I honestly like I, I, I don't eat I I don't actively try not to eat McDonald's. It's just not that appealing to me. Except like every like once once every other quarter. Like every six months or so, it's just like Oh man, I could really go for like a dollar cheeseburger. We had that recently. Remember? Well, it wasn't recent, but maybe a month. I think or two it ago. was the the first time we the first when the we first were recording episode? the first episode we went That's to McDonald's. That's right, because we right went before. to McDonald's and it's like, hey, you're hungry. Me too. It's like dollar burgers, like yeah. dollar burgers, yes. like right, and like took me all the way back to high school, like pre yeah. like Ben after like a football game or yeah. something. Yeah, I was like, hey, let's go. Especially when we started able to drive. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it everybody. Was way more. Free. Everybody get an Andy's car. <laughs> Let's go. Jump in. Jump in. My mom's Ford Focus. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. That's awesome. Man, I love the free market. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Sorry, I'm still on that. No, it's good. Well, I mean, I did watch the Big Short last night, so it's kind of got it's me all. Fresh. Well, that's good. I'm glad you did. So this is the first question I developed while reading uh, section one of this Tony Robbins book, Unshakable. So it says, how, this is what I, this is my question. So how do you achieve the ultimate level of happiness you desire in your life? You never do. Man, I think, I think you do as long as you have like a, a clear idea of what makes you happy. No, you never do. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that. Are you a nihilist? Was it nihilist? Yeah, nihilist. <laughs> um, well, I, I'd actually, it's funny you, uh, said that i don't know if you caught it um i posted shared this video from on it today on, oh, on my know. facebook page Sorry, um and it was joe rogan basically talking about this very question you just asked and so what he basically says and of course it's joe rogan so i agree with it um <laughs> <laughs> just out of bias no i just agree with him in general i'm just kidding but he basically says that you know like true happiness is never really achieved it's like it's really only achieved with the momentum you're you're carrying with it Ooh, you know like yeah. yeah it's really just a momentum thing he was saying and um so but you're but you're never like truly just satisfied you know like there'll always be more um that makes sense yeah. actually so was so was it, expand, was it something like you know, it's it's not about the destination; it's about the journey type of thing. Yeah, deal. I guess so. Yes, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess I get it. I was just trying to be logical about it, <laughs> but good try. But but <laughs> I think no, no. But but I mean, I I I do agree. Once you once you put it that way, yeah, because it, it's just like anything else. Like once you you meet a specific goal, you kind of want to up it. You or you should want to up it. Yeah. And now, okay, I, I guess for the people who don't complain about where they're at, then they're okay to not want to up that. Because I, I know people that are, maybe they don't have, and I'll say specifically at, at my at my job, okay. I know people that are where they're at, and they don't want to go beyond that. They're yeah. okay, yeah. which I don't think is a bad thing. Someone's got to do the job. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Um, but But yeah, that's why, like, I sort of I do agree with with Eddie about you know the momentum and 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 always wanting to you know to go beyond. But what if there are people that don't? Well, and I feel like I recently just met someone that doesn't necessarily want to. Um, she seems just very like content with where she is, and she liked her routine, and that's kind of just that. 
you know, and and that's cool. Like that's not my place to judge. Like that's awesome. If if that's what makes you happy and that's what works for you, by all means, that's badass. Then I'm happy for you. I know for me though, um, I wouldn't be content in a, at least I wouldn't think I'd be content with a nine to five job, going in every day, having the same routine, doing the same thing on the weekend, and just skating through life that way. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really do it for me. At least at this moment in my life, that doesn't do it for me. And I can kind of safely assume that already just because uh, now that I've worked a nine-to-five job, like a full-time job, but I've worked plenty of part-time jobs, um, three of them at one time at one point. And that's and, and at one point I worked like for the security job, I had worked uh, I think like 70 or 80 days straight or something like that. I forget what the number is now. Mm-hmm. But I worked a lot of days straight. So I, I know what it's like to have that routine and go in every fucking day. Um, but yeah, so I, I just know that's like, not for me at the moment. That doesn't. That wouldn't make me happy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's good. Um, I wasn't going to something. This, as far as myself, I know when I r- worked retail, I was that person where I got, I, I got, I got my first promotion within six six months because I literally just hauled ass through everything and like er- no one, no one could beat me. Because that was my mindset. It wasn't that no one could beat me. Anybody could have beaten me. But for those for that time, I was I was very green. I was you know getting after it in a different way. You know, and now in retrospect, yeah. Uh, and just I shooting out the gate. Yeah, I was just going and like now I'm like way more like just observant. Eh. I'm well, may, way more observing before okay. I before I make the jump. You know, I, I kind of take a couple. I take two looks instead of just like going without <laughs> without having right. any type of sight. You know, in front of me. Yeah, just tunnel vision. Yeah. Just, a racehorse well, with before, blinders. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, open the gate and run. You know, right. and with with blinders. So imagine all those you know variables just blinding you, or keeping you from a- being able to see so many other variables. But that was me. And I remember one one example I'll give was when my manager, manager, store manager, he said, uh, "Hey man, go get your uh, forklift license. They're doing a, they're doing the training in McAllen this week." Mm. And I was like, "Well, do I get pay increase?" Like, "Well, no, but you you get to do this, and like you won't have to worry about like." On truck days, you can just unload the pallets, and you have like a different, you know, basically changing my 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 job description in a sense, but adding a forklift. Yeah, so it's like I think when when you mentioned that to me, it was like adding responsibility but keeping the same pay. Yes, because I I had seen, and this was the same job where a person got run over, like their foot got run over by a fork by the forklift. And it's like, so like, do I get like, I, I at least hazard hazard pay some, something because I was not gonna come down for that. Tra- Even though I co- by that time I was already coming down every weekend for gigs, so it was already like in that transition phase of my, you know, that li- part of life, I guess. And so when he's like, he's like, he just kind of chuckled and like, no, like no, it's it just you're able to drive the forklift. Like, isn't isn't that cool? Because everybody else was like, oh, I get to drive the forklift, <laughs> and they thought they were the their shit. And I'm like, I'm gone. Like three o'clock, I'm fucking gone. I don't have. To, like, oh, we need the forklift driver. Well, fuck, you're going to have to wait because I ain't going to do it. You know, and I didn't have a license, so I really couldn't do it. But right. I made sure not to. Like, I, if there wasn't, like, st- when, you add, when you add responsibility that involves uh, risk, especially something like that where, I mean, someone can die. You can crush somebody potentially with a freaking forklift, right? Yeah. Um, another example is people, okay, th- this isn't good. This is very hazardous anyways. You don't put your, fo- your hands on, like, the forklift rail. I know where to put it to where you don't get your hands smashed but i've been around forklifts all my life because my dad's a truck driver so um, it's not good but i i knew where to do it well this other guy didn't know he, he got his hand smashed and he's my like he's our age like he's you know he's living there in corporate but i just remember that happening and and the boss didn't believe him so he kept like moving the lever 
So like it crushed his hand, like not complete, but like the, for sure, the, the like up to like the first couple of uh, joints on his fingers, yeah. like the first, like maybe like his middle fingers, a ring finger and a middle finger. Uh, it happened, and of course, like you're, of course you don't believe him, but like you're not the one, like you're not, you're not tangibly, you can't yeah. physically feel the, the, the sensation, right? So that, like all of that, ha- I had already seen. It's like, and you want me to do this for free? No, like absolutely not. I, I won't. And that's where. Also, my mind started changing. We, last week, we kind of talked about making conscious decisions and uh, knowing when to quit if you're not happy or different things like that. Uh, definitely, st- that like getting asked asked so many times to get forklift training and saying no helped me say no mo- more to things I didn't want to do or you know it was hazardous and it, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. No, I'm, not, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard about what work hazards were. It was kind of funny. Um, so it was bar backing, and uh, we had, like, a busy night in the venue. So there was a point where the, the venue bartender was just getting swamped with orders and tickets and whatever. So um, when that usually happens, like, I'd hop behind the bar and help them get rid of some tickets and then go back to my job, mm. right, yes. or my main job. Right. So but that's kind of part of the whole bar back thing. Like, if they get in the weeds, well, then stop what you're doing and help out for a bit. So I'm helping them pour drinks and, and get drinks and whatever. And so we had um, – this brand of beer that we carry, two of their um, two of their beers, um, I think it's called I pronounced Steigl. I'm pretty sure it's from Austria. Mm. Um, anyway, so they make this one drink, um, like a, it's like a uh, like a grapefruit beer Kay. kind of thing. It's very ta- it's very fruity. It's definitely like a, a more like a girly kind of concoction. Yeah. it's very fruity, very sweet, uh, very low in alcohol content, mm. and it comes in a tall boy. And that's <laughs> fun. oh, jeez. But. Okay. Anyway, and then they uh, also had a Steigl Pilsner, so they came in a bottle, right? So one order ticket came up that said Steigl Pils, and for whatever reason, like I interpreted that as the grapefruit one, and I guess like I was just in a rush and just whatever, so I opened the wrong drink and then put it next to the ticket for the uh, for the waiter to grab, and then I realized what I had done like maybe five minutes later when I'd gone back to my bar backing job. So when I got back to that bartender. I was like, hey, dude, I'm so sorry. I think I just realized that I opened, like, a wrong beer for you. He's like, yeah, it's okay. I caught it. I got it. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that sucks. He's like, well, where is it? What happened to it? He's like, oh, it's like it's sitting here in the fridge open. And I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, I feel bad. Like, I'll pay, I'll pay for it. Like, just start a tab open for me, and I'll, I'll pay for the beer. Right. And then he's like, no, nah, dude, that's that's a work hazard. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it's covered under the work hazard like clause I think, of that. I think I saw um, a tax return for, um, I think it was, like, a club or a bar. Some sort of establishment that sells alcohol, and uh, yeah, there was a, a a line item for spills. There's like complimentary. There's spills. There was all sorts of things. Everything was accounted for, and yeah, that just I don't I don't know exactly how that was like documented, but uh, I know it was. Like I, I I don't know what part of the what part of the return it was in, but I know it was in there, and it was like wow, that's interesting. Like. They keep track of all that, even, you know, what they spell, which makes sense. I just thought that, you know, with everything that goes on behind a bar, I, you know, how do you catch all everything? I don't think you do, but at least there's an attempt to, to document all that. That's fair. Man, I kind of miss working behind the bar. We don't have to get into that, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I personally don't. Mm, I, like, don't I like the other side of the bar. <laughs> oh, I don't like. Uh, I don't miss retail. I don't the nine to five thing. I just never fell into that. My schedule's always been just hours of the day. You <laughs> know, it's never yeah. been a strict nine to five. I've 
the closest thing I worked to nine to five was my first year out of my actually the summer out of high school when I worked at I was a summer instructor at a daycare, so I was with like the older kids like the after school they call mm-hmm. after schoolers, and that was the closest thing because it was like seven forty five to five fifteen, and so it was a standard day you know eight eight to five you know essentially, and that was a close thing. But after that, I mean my retail schedule was never an eight to five. It was eight to five style, but it was. 7 to 3 or 10 to 7 or overnight, you know, uh, 10 to 7 overnight, like 10, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Right. or whatever, or 5.45 or 4 o'clock in the morning to whatever. Um, so, yeah, I've up, I mean, it's been, what, six, seven years since we've graduated, so, or yeah. high, school, high school at least. So I've never, I've never worked. <laughs> Eddie's face just fell to the floor. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's never, I've never, I've, never put myself in that situation which is interesting just to kind of ponder on for myself you know just an observation that well, I n- never did it never did it and it was either overnight or bust you know, <laughs> you know yeah. late night early morning or bust uh, I'll, s- I'll say this because I do work an 8 to 5 but um, oh I'm sorry is it 8 to 5 and not 9 to 5 <laughs> it's 8 to 5 <laughs> um, it's actually not I'm just teasing it's not like I feel like a lot of people make it seem like really bad but I actually, maybe it's because of this, because I actually enjoy, not all, but most of what I do. So, and, I, and I've recently kind of changed my perspective about this. And I, I was talking to Andy about it, how a lot of people kind of, uh, they, they, you know, they dread like Mondays and they're looking forward to that Friday. And I think at, at some point, naturally, I guess, you, you I started thinking that way, um, not with a lot of emphasis, just kind of dreading Mondays only. And then the rest of the week was the same to me. And then Fridays were just better. But recently, I've just kind of been treating every day kind of the same. And I don't know if it ha- if, if it's had an impact, the fact that I've been so busy lately at work. But, um, yeah, like, just treating every day the same. Like, I was telling Andy, like, Monday through Friday, it all, I guess if you will, kind of like every day is a Monday. It, it's there's no difference you just go in there get your work done and i don't even think about the weekend i know it's coming but like i don't even think about it because then giving the weekend such a high value makes the rest of the week so much low like the contrast it just makes it seem like way lower yeah yeah because yeah, so. even at the gym you heard you heard today you're there today when you know we had a couple clients uh I, I think you were there when one specific one was there that she was tired and whatnot and uh I think I might have overheard that. But I all I said was, you know, it's mo- it, if you treat every day like a Monday. Well, I, this was well, I guess this is just paraphrasing where it's kind of the same thing where I'm like, if you treat every day as a Monday, it kind of to me at least you stay like at at a, at a zero, whatever that zero yeah. is. Um, I know for me, that. I I will go acting like every day is a Monday until I burn out, and that that's. Like in retrospect, that's basically what happens. You know, I just go, 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 and then okay, if I need a day, cool. It's it happens to be Friday that one day. <laughs> Whatever day, yeah. hold on. If it's a Thursday or Wednesday, I get out, I'm just beat. You know, I'm just and, beat to hell. And I think going into this, it kind of sounds like, for some people, it might sound like worse. Like wow, like every day's a Monday for you, but no, like it's you know, after work, I've got my activities. On the weekends, I've got my my other you know side hustles and and little projects and things I'm I I dive into that I'm interested in or things that I want to um progress at right. so i think i think that's an, an another important part you know and i don't know we maybe we can get into this but a work-life balance like mm-hmm. that's yep. super important like yeah work 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 but you also got to know when too much work is 
is uh, detrimental in in any aspect, yeah, you know, yeah, mentally or physically, or you know, you're just not getting enough of of the the opposite side of the spectrum. Right, and like for me, I I'm going. Let's I've I had brought up for myself that you know going ninety percent until I you know that ten percent of rest that I need, you know. But you know even just quote unquote getting after it, I'm it's whether it's work or the gym, it's I'm just treating everything the same and how much energy I'm going to give it. So it's not that I'm working all the time. You know, I'm not, I'm not on the music grind all the time, which right. I'm, I'm trying to get back in. I to- actually told Eddie because we went out on Sunday and it was just pleasant listening to some acoustic original and some, you know, just live music in general. And, uh, but continuing, uh, you know, I'm not working out all the time. The only thing I'm probably doing the majority of my time is eating. You know that, that that's probably the that only doesn't sound bad, <laughs> right? That's the only thing that's like pretty consistent compared yeah. to everything else. Because the thing is that, and like I'm trying, I'm working on this. I'm I'm even consciously trying to do it right now. Do this right now, where I'm just trying to slow down, so I can be clear, so I don't lose my thoughts, and then proceed. Right. So when I'm doing a work thing, when I'm doing the the when I'm at the gym for working out my myself, you know stuff like that. You know, just treating it like treating everything like a Monday in that sense, not treating it as a Monday like, oh, it's back yeah. to work. It's not. It doesn't matter. That's why, like we talked about this last week, me and you on on that two. I think it was two Sundays ago where we, we did stuff on Sunday. Yeah. You know, before the before we recorded the podcast, like we it, it's not a. Re- I mean, for me, Eddie, you have a decompression day, but your your week schedule is different from mine, right? So that's okay. I'm not saying I think that's very good because. I still have my 10% of rest that I need, you know, mm-hmm. es- essentially as a human being, like you need to sleep, blah, blah. And we agreed to that. Like, honestly, like <laughs> this morning, Eddie texts me like at three, three fifteen in the morning. He's like, what are you doing up at three twelve? I'm like, well, I went to sleep kind of early. So I woke up early. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I sleep five hours a day roughly and I went to sleep like at 10, 10 30. So three o'clock is five hours later. Yeah, I, I saw you had just posted like uh, like a story on Instagram or whatever. I was yeah. like, this motherfucker's usually asleep at this time of night. What's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I figured I'd shoot you a message. And then you're like, yeah, I just went to sleep early and now I'm waking up. I'm like, well, fuck, I barely got into bed. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 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 But but see, but that that's just, that's the, I mean, we can go into stuff that we've talked about. We can re- just reiterate where, you know, everybody's perspective is different. Everybody's background is different. All the stuff that you, I'm not, we don't, I'm not even gonna go on a, a complete list because we've talked about this stuff. So then, when it comes to judging people, which essentially that's what people are doing, is just judging another person for not doing it their that person's way, right? That, that I hope that makes sense. Kind of confusing, but it did to me. Okay, good. So you know, and then, that, that's not the situation. You know, like uh, going back to this person, the one that, you know I told her, like every day's a Monday. She's like, ah, she's just like ah. Like she's she's <laughs> no. wailing. Yeah, she's just waiting, and she's like, "Stop being so optimistic and like all this stuff, right?" I'm I'm like, "Stop being so pessimistic." Yeah, right. Well, even that, I I wonder, cause I don't know why, in her case, it's I don't know why she's like that. Cause she, to me, she's essentially Is she a, a very happy, happy person. person? Yes, yeah, that's what I was. I know who you're talking she's about. She's a yeah. happy person. Like I would say, like you know, like. Like hey, you know, I I I see her and you know she walks in yeah. and cool like you know Maybe maybe it's just that that state she's in at the moment that yeah. she's you know working out or right. she's about to or whatever. Right. So she just kind of goes into this um not so much of an unhappy place, but it's something she has to do that doesn't she doesn't, you know, 
fully enjoy, but it's for her own good. Right. Exactly. Like yeah, eating vegetables. I'm right. damn it, I hate vegetables. <laughs> and you're like in a bad mood during <laughs> during, you know, during the time you're eating vegetables or whatever. Yeah. No, but other than that, you're fucking happy. Yeah, you're good to go. Right, right. And I guess that's I guess I guess maybe I should try to find an incentive to help her just want to work out cuz I definitely I mean, I like when we're getting new people come in to try out the gym and if they talk to me, I do let them know what my angle is, which my angle is die. Uh, <laughs> essentially, I will take you to 99 and I'll leave you 1%, you know, by the end of the by the end of the day. But Okay, kind of like that. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, I always say my argument is and I I think I I hope to have people realize like and I I don't know if I've talked about this specifically before, but where you, the human body can take more than you think. You know, the yep. initial hurt, if you just last a little bit longer, and this goes for anything, this can go back to investing. Where we're talking about stock market, bull markets, bear markets, just and watching it out. Watching out, yeah, just waiting it out and waiting for that big, re- you know, not you're not waiting for one big return. You're waiting for the long-term return that's going to get you the, you're going to be made for life. You're going to be set for life. Yeah, like I was definitely doubting the gym today. I was like, damn it. I, I just don't want to go. Like, it's 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 been a hectic week. Yeah. Um, And I kind of just want to end it here. But then I was like, no, you know what? Like, long term, like, this isn't going to hurt. It's only going to help me. Yeah, yeah. So let me go to the gym. Right, right. And, like, going back to th- this particular client real quick. Like, cause, yeah, I would say she's very often. I mean, I never see – I've never seen her in, like, any type of detrimental mood. Like a genuinely herself. bad yeah, mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where now I can kind of read – remember, I, I brought that example a few weeks ago of uh, that – other client who came in like don't mess with me right now you know whatever and i said let's, let's get this energy out you know all this negativity from the day like let's just get it out today right now. let's kick your ass real quick yeah that, <laughs> let, me, let me just sit you on your ass real quick and you'll be good to go uh but but going back to the original client that we're talking about uh yeah so it, i guess i guess just trying to find that right incentive because if it i mean i don't want working out to be a chore because it's necessary even if it's running two miles, Eddie, well, you do your two miles, that's good. You know, like some, something, you need to move. I think she does, she kind of does a little extra, though. She, so that's the I thing. don't, I don't think. Thing. What she's saying does not reference what she's doing. Then in that case, I don't think that what she's saying even matters. Okay, that's fair. It's her way of kind of venting, but she's getting through it. Yeah, because she's in there my for opinion, almost an hour. That's what matters. I yeah. Mean, it's a 30-minute workout. She's there for I, almost an yeah, hour. Yeah, because I just realized, like. Dude, she actually does extra. So <laughs> that's why. So that's why I don't understand. But I what think, you say, is I think, sense. I think that's like a a fucking locomotive blowing out the steam. Like it's it's, it's going. Fair, yeah. But it's, it's gotta it's, it's gotta let let choo out. Choo. Yeah, it's gotta have that <laughs> escape. Yeah. So yeah, may, maybe it just maybe it just sounds bad to hear someone be in like that state of mind. But uh, Roger that. Maybe just turn up the music louder. <laughs> Dude, it got so loud towards the end. I lowered because I couldn't hear the other trainer that I was with. And like she was yelling, right? I couldn't. I, I just lowered it. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear. I, I, for one, I now use the music and my voice as dynamics. So like I'm not yelling all day. So that helps me just with the whole singing aspect and saving my throat, mm-hmm. saving my voice. But I've noticed some like sometimes if I, if I yell burpees, I get a semi, at least a small percentage reaction difference than if I say, "All right, burpees, go." If I don't, if I just make it more of a statement than a excla- exclamation mark, like, right. like if I say burpees go, and I I, I don't really give you, I'm like burpees, like maybe you know, it just sounds more serious because 
it, it sounds more more serious right. than if you were to yell it for maybe emphasis, strictly emphasis, right? Exactly. Rather than a, and, like a demand. And using dynamics like that at the gym, have I've seen are they they work? It's interesting how they work with the human mind. You should get a mic and be like, burpees, <laughs> dude. Actually, we have actually it's a oh is there really? You just gave me an idea. Yes, I didn't I didn't know it's there was amp, the amp. Uh, supports right. the yeah, speaker yeah, yeah, yeah. system. We have an amp there that support, and it's a four channel, four channel like power amp, power amp essentially. Man, I didn't know that. Otherwise, I would have brought it up a long time ago. Dude, <laughs> you just gave me an example. People are gonna flip shit tomorrow Dude. or Monday. <laughs> I'm not working tomorrow. No, I'll, I'll wait till Monday. You working Monday. Monday? I'm working Monday. I want to see it Monday. <laughs> Burpees now. <laughs> Dude, that is the funniest thing. Oh my god, I'm gonna have fun with that shit. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> People ain't heard nothing yet. Uh, but anyways, we can we can move forward. Uh, I guess another thing that I want to bring up is not having a a conventional nine to five. I know what's made me think about retirement, but have you guys thought about re- like retirement? Yes and no. Um, a lot of me thinks that I'll just never stop doing what I'm doing because I've always got to be doing something. Um, I don't know. I I just can't. I can't imagine me just wanting to lay around all day and just like at be at the beach or whatever retired folks do. Yeah, yeah. I ha- have an example that I'll give you I'll give you in a bit. But yeah, you I mean if you have more. Yeah, no, I j- I just can't foresee myself ever wanting to do that. Like I've like got to be doing something um something at least productive to the world. I know that sounds like oh my god, but you know <laughs> just just like you know j- continuing to leave a legacy behind, you know. It's it's that thing for me that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. So and and I don't want that um, that fever to ever stop, if you will. For sure, for sure. Um, I know as far as like priorities changing, I know, I know that's gonna happen, especially when you start expanding your family. You, you start expanding your roots. Yeah. Uh, I know those priorities change. Um, I would have to agree. Uh, but one example I'm gonna bring up before I forget is when I took personal finance, and our professor said, you know, especially like. And this is, this is more of like a 2006 to now because around that time was when you start seeing greeters at H-E-B. You start seeing greeters at Walmart. And that's because people are living longer. These retired or like, well, yes, living longer and I guess their retirement runs out. Yeah, makes sense. And Or even even if their retirement runs out, but because they're used to doing something all the time. Or that too. There's a lot of that, variables. Yeah, no, no, there's multiple variables. The main variable that he brought up, because I guess it was essential at that time. I mean, it, it may still be, but we're, maybe some people weren't being not so frugal with their <laughs> retirement. Yeah, so it runs out and right, they're out you got to work. Man, there's, there's some scenarios in here that I'll get to you like, as, we, as we continue this podcast yeah. of that where like this guy burns it in like 20. I mean, you know, like, let's say he says 20 years worth of like retirement, but yeah. burns it in like 12 because doesn't doesn't do the that final calculation to see how much you can spend per year, which is crazy. Um, going back to the initial the origin is, I foresee that too. But also, uh, oh this this is what this is, sorry this is the point that I was gonna make as far as my professor. He said you should plan your retirement, like because pl- a lot of people say for the majority I guess maybe before I think we're gonna be the we're gonna be one of the generations to change this. But a lot of people thought they would enjoy playing golf for 20 years. <laughs> you know, they thought that, oh, and then, like, you know, a few months in, like, uh, golf. yeah, golf. And they bought a house on the, you know, let's say, like, Monte Cristo, you know, they buy a house or Lagos or something. You know, right. they, they buy a house on the, the golf course. There, yeah, on the course. And it's like, Jesus Christ. 
But if you see the people who plan their retirement, the ones who have enough to travel, or they then just spend time with their families, they, they that's just they enjoyed that, or or they do a little bit of everything. They go golfing, they have some fishing, but that but with that comes with saving enough for retirement, right? Yeah. Uh, the initial the initial investment, the initial uh, thought process. So while I agree, I know for me. And this is something that my mom tells me where she's like, oh, you're just a family man. So I feel like my priorities will always stay revolved around family. family. That's just that's just me. You know, that, that, that I foresee that. And even now, I mean, family, for the most part, takes priority over a lot of, you know, everything else for the most part. So that's me. That's a good take. way to be. My take. Man, um, well, you were talking about the, the folks who retire and then get a house at like Los Lagos or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, we're kind of over the golf thing or whatever, um, or we played this back nine way too many times <laughs> or yeah, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. Like, see, like the whole thought of retirement to me just, I don't know, like you, you work and you do shit for X amount of years, 50 years, 60 years, whatever it is, just to then have your free time and right. do whatever you want. No, I want to do what I love all the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's like why I'm like chasing this down so hard, like as far as like figuring out how to make money from it so I can sustain what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, why would I ever want to break from what I love to fucking do? It makes no sense. It, it just goes back to like the, the Bob Dylan thing. He like talks about how, um, you know, like I haven't retired because this is all I know how to do getting in a in a fucking tour bus or a van or whatever and going and playing a show. Mm -hmm. That's what I know how to do. That's what right. I love to do. Why do I why do I want to stop that? Uh, one thing that I, one question I want to bring up, and I hope it's not rhetorical, but I, I would just like us and everybody to think about, because it came up as, a, as I'm reading this book, like I said, um, you know, it's basically uh, insurance as far as, uh, you know, in case you get hurt or something happens that health-wise that you're not able to continue to even do what you love. You know, like like for us, because I, I have the exact same answer as you, Eddie. Like, why can't I? Like Jerry Reed and all these like people who have you know gone you know passed away now. Mm -hmm. That they, I mean, more Haggard played till he died. I mean, he played as long as he could. Don, uh, not Don Henley, Glenn Fry, Jerry Reed, uh, more Haggard, all George Jones sang till he he was larynx was gone. You yeah. know, and he just sang forever. Well, like, I've, I've got to drop this one for myself. But Guy Clark wrote songs, put out albums till the day he fucking died. There you go. And like that, that's why, like that's why I said, like as far as unconventional work, like me and you, like the, what we do, where I think it's feasible. Whereas you know the heavy lifters, because I, I just feel like the generation that our our parents are a part of are a part of the, those heavy lifters. You know, they're doing heavy. They're just doing work that involves more physical work than you know brain. Act not that it's like a like a like a what's it called like a chain where you uh, assembly line. It's not like it's mm -hmm. an assembly line, but there's just more physical work, and physical work over time wears your body down. That's just natural, you know. While some of it keeps you in shape, you know, it's still it's still wearing down your joints and whatever. And, and along with physical, like mental health too. Yeah, because the mind deteriorates right, as cause well. Right, because you're not. Yeah, because you're not. It's not that you're not using it, but you're just not you're not pushing it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I brought that where you sh you need to push your brain. You need to do different things that allow you to find a limit, a new limit to where where you, what you can do and what right. your brain can process. Uh, but like, still, even for us, and like I said, it's just maybe maybe something more to ponder now. Now that we've gotten to this point of the conversation, is you know thinking about potential issues that could happen. You know, and if you're not planning for retirement. You should probably at least plan for, you know, you hope it's like insurance. Like I said, it's like insurance. You hope it never happens, but 
just in case. I mean, if if it if it does happen, I mean, that's it's saddening because then what? And one thing I I I brought up for honestly honestly to my parents is like, do you like do you plan on working for your whole life? And I'm not saying necessarily retire, but do you can you do heavy lifting for another 25 years? You know, like th- those are the questions I've been pondering on this week, given this book and trying to dive into this retirement thing that I'm at some point I was kind of freaking out. And as I got more information, more information, I just it's kind of settled down. Last night was hard. That's probably why I went to sleep so early. But then when I woke up, I just felt better because I then, I then got up, just rested. I got my I got my spreadsheet open and I just started figuring out numbers. I just started putting percentages on percentages and getting multiple possibilities, multiple scenarios of, OK, if the stock, if the stock market is at this percent. What do I need to invest if the stock market is at this percent? What's my bare minimum of, of investment? Uh, you know, uh, what's called initial initial investment right. to at least have Your something investment capital. growing. Right, right, just to get something going. Uh, I will say, like, even though I'm not, and I probably should at least like have a backfall on some retirement plan, um, and I probably will get on that then, since like it's it's kind of now coming to my mind. I've never really actually thought about it until you brought it up. Um. The one thing I do want to prepare for, even more than retirement, and it's going to sound really fucking sad, I want to prepare for the economy turning to shambles, <laughs> to just complete shit. And I want to prepare for the U.S. dollar being worth nothing. And um, and I really feel like my way out of that currently is investing in Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. It's still, um, I think, $100 to one Bitcoin, so Bitcoin is still very valuable, mm-hmm. and it's used... Um, I'm, I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record because I've talked about Bitcoin so many times on this show. But at least I feel like I have. I could be wrong. Probably not. You went to UPC more last week. So <laughs> that's true. I think Bitcoins, I think we, um, I think we, we skimmed. It's Bitcoin's a little more relevant. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like online currency, you know, and like Amazon takes it, eBay takes it, Target takes it online. Like, you know, it's it's becoming only more popular as, as time goes on. Right. And it's just worth more than the U.S. dollar right now, 100 times more. So really need to get some fucking Bitcoin, um, like sell a PlayStation or some shit and get some bi- some Bitcoin. <laughs> there you but go. Yeah. You, I mean, honestly, and this is one thing that, that comes up in the book that I'll give everybody. And this is one thing that, that this is going to be a, a rant just for a couple of sentences, is I post about, not even about music. Let's say I, today I posted a video about, of this, it's his dad with his baby and he's, he's having her do like, like butterfly curls. Uh-huh. And it got a lot of hits. It got I got like more shares than I've gotten in a while, and like a poor people like follow over that shit. So then I posted, I shared the Tony Robbins with Gary v, Gary V mm-hmm. on the Gary V show, right? They asked Gary V, yeah. and I'm like, here's some free I- information. No, no reaction, at least uh, as far as like actively clicking like or commenting. Right. Nothing. And I'm like, this is free information that you can use starting now today and then after that video we're moving forward in the conversation so so i posted that video no reaction physically no no actual visual uh reaction reaction. so i get this book so one way he brings up is that while you should be your goal should be 20 percent of your income so that's what i'm doing like if I want gear, I need to have money after I've already put money away, as opposed to the other way around. Okay, whatever's left over is gonna go to the bank. And my favorite example, and I don't know if I told you yet, yet, but my favorite example that I'm gonna I'm living on because this is what I mean. This is in my ballpark. 
this guy started at 3540 and he, at that time cuz this was back in the day this was a while back but at the time he was making 14,000 a year and this is already as an adult like you know he had bills he had his house whatever he had a friend a good friend at that I, I I'm just going to I'm throwing in there for him he says hey give me 20% of your money I'm going to make you rich like give me every check just give me 20% 20% knock it out knock it out knock it out and the guy's like uh why how can I do that if I I'm barely paying my bills I'm barely I'm barely making it Gary Vee then on the, on the on the episode says you adjust so he did he came out with 71 million I don't remember. I don't it was seventy one or eighty one. Seventy one let's just say it's seven let's play conservative. Right. Let's play conservative and say it's seventy one million at the end of by from how let's say over a twenty five year span, just by giving twenty percent, twenty percent, twenty percent. Before he died, he gave away thirty five million. And we'll just call it philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And and so this is stuff that you can start using now. So, sorry, going back to the initial example that I want to give for people to use is start with saving 3% on top. That Let that be the first takeout for your bills. Before anything. Before anything. You put your – how much money you made the check. You put minus 20% to – minus 3% to savings. And he said from there you go 3%. Then you go 7 Then you go 10 Then you go 15 So you make bigger jumps, right, until you get to 20 20% is the goal. Right now, the way I'm looking at it, and I'm 25 for people who like are li- are listening and paying attention to use this stuff. I'm 25. I'm the way I'm figuring. I have to take out 30 percent to get where I want to when I when I want to. Now, now I I left room. There's room. I, I there's almost guaranteed space there, but I'm playing very conservative to where at least I have a number that I can go on now. Mm-hmm. So if you're you know I, that's 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 where I'm gonna leave it is if you know if you haven't started yet. Is start with three percent, then if you can jump to ten, you know. And one thing that actually we're getting rid of in this household, and you know, like Netflix, we're getting rid of it. No more Netflix. Uh, the internet, I guess, kind of essential. You know, we have we all have phones that you know that right. that's one of those that the internet has become a a staple. Like a, a would it be a staple of usage in, in households in general? Like in the a necessity. Or yeah, something. yeah. It's just it's it's now become that. That's just what it is. It's cool. But you know, going out to eat and this and that as opposed to grocery shopping where the percentage of comparison is n- almost, you know, like a taxi versus Uber, you know, as far as percentage of what you're going to spend at the groceries versus with an Uber. So, you know, little things like that. And it's so funny. And I say funny cause it's, it's, it's people are going to make the choices and I'm okay with that, but like, Oh, I can't get rid of Netflix or whatever. It's like, no, nah, you can yeah. So, and I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not because I mean it's obviously a form. We've talked about entertainment. We've talked about all the positive, you know, aspects that yeah. come out of this. But for me, I mean, at thirty percent, yeah, I'm, I'm basically. I mean, if I give you how much I'm making, you know, per month, and take out thirty percent, I mean, it's, it's gonna, you know, it's go, it's what's got to be done, and I'm okay with it because I know that when time comes. You know, I'm gonna be able to get Netflix back, and it's gonna be badass. <laughs> so it's all good. It's, it's gonna be, like uh, to pay for itself in the future. Yeah, like who who did I hear say this? It was either like in um, a video by either it was Gary Vee with Tony Robbins or maybe Jocko or something about having uh like a de- 
you know the the that delayed gratification like i'm gonna put up with it now because i know i'll, I'll get grat i'll get uh like rewarded later down the line i think gary v says that when he's doing with, when he's talking with i think Robbins, they, they use think, that specific yeah. phrase delayed gratification. yeah yeah delayed yeah right right yeah because he talks about even uh well because i think they're talking about the stock market at this point and you know because yeah. they're talking about they're bringing up bull markets and how we've been in a bull market for seven years so the bear's coming it's just a matter yeah. of time which is what you're talking about but there's but it's just a season it's only a season because if you withstand the test of time if you look at the numbers they are going to be in your favor. Where 75 out of the last 100 years have you've gotten a return. So you're going to be in the red you're going to be in the sorry, you're going to be in the green, you know, a lot more than, you know, in the black or in the red, you know, you're going to mm -hmm. you're going to be way above even given a bear market which, you know, Eddie you're trying to save for it, that I mean, I think Bitcoin's think you should you, you should hit on that. You should you should get on that well, and uh yeah, I, I mean, I, sh I feel like I should definitely hit on something that's going to be valuable. And really the idea that popped in my head last night when I was watching the big short was, um, well, so these guys basically bet for the housing market to short, right? And who do they bet against? They bet against the banks, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they uh, made these bets in the forms of, um, I think they're called credit default swaps, okay? Yeah. So um, so they're basically, you know, extending credit and whatever for like for every time they're right or whatever. So and when they're wrong, they owe the bank more money. So they were wrong for like a little <laughs> over two years. Yeah. Right. So they gave the bank a lot of money. But then when they were finally right, the bank owed them a shit ton more yep. return than they actually gave. So in the long run, it, it paid off for them. And then, well, I guess the, the movie is about several people, um, companies, um, who had, had done this, right, who had bought credit default swaps, right? And uh, so it follows, I think, four of them. I could be wrong. It's like three or four. Anyway, and so when the economy did crash, um, the only valuable thing on the market was those credit default swaps. So everyone wanted to buy those credit default swaps from them. Right. And, of course, they sold it for a way higher price than they yeah, got they're, it, they're right? Like right, they right, made absolutely. their money back on mm -hmm. it. And so that's kind of the situation I would like to be prepared for. Yeah. I would I would like to have something that has value yeah. um in a world where nothing or like like nothing the currency is going to have the value, right? Right. So what I'm going to say to that is you need to jump on it like now. Just do yesterday. it yesterday. Honestly, just just and it's it's going to be one of those things just do it and you're going to Actually, I was talking about some land that I that I, under my name. Yep. We were just talking about that yesterday. Yep. And I I've been contemplating it because given the numbers that I like I said I've done for myself with 30% and everything I've done now for my retirement and and on, my, my parents' retirement too. Like I've I've done numbers for all, for this household. I've done the numbers for this household. So <coughs> I have some land, and it's you know worth X. So I'm like, man, should I should I sell underpriced, but then use that to be a part of my initial investment? And then Brian brought up the great point of like, well, you can never get more. There's not gonna be more land to get. Yeah. So so because your the, land is only gonna go up in value. Yeah, because it's, it's only gonna go up. And the way the valley's growing, and it's here in town where my land is out of town, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's going to be one of those I foresee now because of Brian's pr perspective and help is it's going to be that delayed, you know, gratification. Where yeah, like I think that's an investment already on its own. Right, right, right. And honestly, and, and I didn't think about it until we talked about it that, you know, it helps my assets. So it, it's okay anyways. It's good mm -hmm. to have it just sit, even if it's just sitting there, it, it helps yeah. my assets and and honestly, like this is stuff that I, I mean, me and Brian talk about probably on the daily. That's just what we, that's just what we do, right? And, uh, but this is this is the type of information that I know Tony Robbins wants to do. Gary Vee also does, in a very vulgar way, but he does it. And 
I'm very much, a, I am, a, I will say I'm a part of the movement. I just say, you know, I, I want to help people because a lot of people get too caught up in, uh, in maybe a, not necessarily one thing, but they get too, uh, one of the, I guess an example, like they get too caught up in the day-to-day stresses, not necessarily their day-to-day, but the day-to-day stretches, stresses keep them from making moves that are going to affect already their future today. You know, so that's just stuff that I want to bring that I, I am bringing up because I feel like that's that's a, it's another it's gonna be a this is gonna be a 25 year experiment that I'm gonna test because I'm gonna start investing and doing that ASAP but for sure by by January 1st 2018 uh, is my goal is to just you know start diving in regardless of where the market's at at that time uh, like we had a correction I think it was oh well, early 2016 had a, there was a correction and they talk about like all these people selling. And yet the rest of 2016, like literally it happened at the beginning of 2016. And then after that, it just kept going up like more. Like Another it, thing is when when it's going down, do not sell. You're going to lose money. Just in, in fact, buy more, invest more and, yeah. and write it out. Yeah, that, That's the best time because, yeah. you know, the, the price is the gonna price going to drop on down, your stock. So you put so more just money. Keep, yeah, keep buying more because it's going to appreciate it's, right back up. It's a guarantee that it's going to go up. I'm telling you, it's a guarantee that's going to go up. If you, Don't look at. The day-to-day stock market, look at the five-year stock market. You're going to drive yourself crazy if you look at it every yes, day. Yes, and all that stuff comes up in this book. So for people who don't like to read but like to listen to podcasts, I'm telling you, look at the five-year stock market. Don't look at the day-to-day. Don't even look the month-to-month because there might have been a correction. And the grid, like if you, if you have Yahoo Finance like I do on the, the, the finance app, you know, when it's in the red, when it's basically if there's a correction or something going on, it's red, right? So it's going to tell you that. But if you look at the five-year, it's green usually all the time. It's usually green almost 100% of the time. And you write it out. Like Brian said, you buy more because that, even that's in the book. So, yes, it's. I feel like the more evidence we can have to back this up, the more hopefully you're compelled to look forward to your future, not my future. I'm, I'm already doing that. I'm just giving you tips of what I'm, what I'm now doing actively, what I'm actively doing to ensure that this gets done because it to me it's important and it, it's just and I, it's funny because I this program that we used when I was taking that personal finance class it's called it was called the nest egg and what does Tony Robbins call this bundle it's called a nest egg so it, there's obviously a connection there with using that term and just having security you know there's different types of financial freedoms that Brian has mentioned that make sense and they co- they co they're cohesive with the stuff that Tony Robbins brings up which I'll maybe bring up the next podcast as I, as I continue reading this book. Um, but yes, invest, invest today, figure it out. If you need help, ask me, I will help you. I'm down to help you. Brian can help you. Uh, some of these I'm clients, down. some of these clients that are at the gym, that uh, more the client that I told you about, that, the one that just like, like, ah, like Jesus <laughs> yelling at the gym. Right. Yeah. Uh, even her. Cause I brought up the finance thing yesterday. I brought up again today. She's like, how's it going? Whatever. So then I was like, well, I figure out my retirement. And she's like, what? Like, she's completely I'm like, well, I've been up since 3 o'clock in the morning because I just, you know, I needed, I wanted to get it figured out. I just needed a little bit of sleep. So then I'm like, so then, of course, the majority of these people's eyes, their face is just priceless because it just drops. They're like, oh, my God, I have not thought about retirement. Especially the people who want to work regular jobs. It's I think it's different than people that, you know, like me and Eddie, that potentially we can write forever. We can play for a while. You know, hopefully play for forever. I mean, essentially. Uh Versus, you know, like art, I guess like the artist, artistry, artistic type of stuff, even drawing, you know, painting, stuff like that, like that type of art, liberal stuff versus, you know, conventional nine to fives or uh, social work or anything like that. Um, if you need help, 
I'm down to help you. It's not hard. I'll just show you the two equations that I use, and we can throw in whatever percentage you want. If you play, if you want to play extremely conservative, um, the the numbers I'm using are from 2008 to now. So like these past nine years during the bull market. Now even Gary Vee, he's he knows that there's a bear coming. It's just a matter of time, but there's gonna be a bigger bull after that. So it's okay. You know, it's fine. It's complete okay. And I remember at some point when me and Brian would we kind of go off on conversations and tangents on risk and we get nowhere because all we knew that was that there was high risk in investing and that's i feel like that's all we knew and now it's like ah, we can play it we can fight we can we can play it i did i don't know if brian you saw this but i posted like probably like a 444 it was before 5 a.m but uh fear is a what is i basically put like fear is a strong force something like that and i put you should i, I said go and punch it in the throat because that's what I, that's what I'm trying to do, you yeah. know, through research, through actually figuring out, you know, breaking out a spreadsheet and just going through that, you know, because at the moment at four, you know, four thirty in the morning, I felt like that. I'm like, like I was scared last night and today I feel better. So you just get up, punch in the throat and keep going. And I think that maybe people don't, don't think about like maybe retirement too much because either they think it's too complicated or, or yeah. they've got time or, or they don't want to come to the realization that they're not prepared yeah but um it, all it just, takes it, is, is to you know crack open an excel or, or or a book that will maybe just lay the foundation yeah if you're okay i haven't read i haven't read this particular book yet but if you're looking for a job change read tim ferris's four four hour work week by tim ferris find it everywhere amazon you can even find actually i was at the library yesterday uh waiting to go to work or was it going to work or Wednesday. Either way, I went to the library this week. Um, sometime after Wednesday. And then I found his book there. So you don't even have to, you just get a library card and go rent it. Go check it out and spend a couple weeks on that book. So if you want a new job, that. Um, another book that I've been using is Four Hour Body by Tim Ferriss also. Four Hour Body. That that's like his, his the four hour thing is that Tim Ferriss thing. So those are two books that I've been um uh, that I've dove into last or Sorry, let me start again. Four hour body I've read. Four hour work week I haven't, but I recommend it because I trust the book. I trust the evidence given. Um, if you want to learn things you can learn do now, the book I got Brian Tools of Titans. If you want to learn how to cook, there's a four hour <laughs> chef. Four hour chef. There is a four hour chef, and he ties that into like learning things, because basically, if you want to learn something, you create a recipe, and you follow the and recipe. I think. I think. I don't know for sure, but isn't that what it's about? It's not so much about cooking, yeah. but like the method of learning yes. things. Yes, it, it's tied in with the method of learning and how to learn a language in six months. How to learn? You know, yeah. That's why Tim Ferriss. I mean, because he talks about like the majority of these some of these languages, especially like like I guess the Asian language, like Chinese, and like because there's different types of like those dialects. So like learning like at least the important things that he needs to converse or ask que the right questions in the country. So he knows, like, uh, I, I don't know, he knows, like, Portuguese and all these other things that he just and, learned German. And I think the way uh, he does it is that he set up, uh, I forget how many phrases it was, but, it, like, a certain amount of phrases that you need to learn in that language. And basically, when you learn how to say those phrases, you can just combine them to pretty much say anything yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're able to inter uh, interconnect all those phrases. So um, so those are, those are three books right there. Um, for you managers out there, that do catch this, or if you want to become a better leader, Extreme Ownership. I read it three times last year. Uh, and that's not to brag. That's to, like, 
I the first time was just like okay, like this is this is a this is a different ballpark that I didn't think of. Um, you can also catch his uh, Jocko's podcast. I mean, those are those are good. Um, I I know the latter, especially his book reviews. Um, some of them are different. So if you if you want a quick way read Extreme Ownership, it's not a long book. Um, it, it took me I think I finished in like thirty six hours. It was I mean, of course I dedicated all my time to that, but it's not impossible. Uh, there's that one that's you know business and running a team a lot, a lot of build team building and whatnot um then right now is this book tony robbins unshakable uh finance helps deal with fears and what a lot of people are fearful you know you're talking about like the the mark uh, eddie's talking about the market going down and you know the dollar going down well, it's like there's there's a way to at least if you start now there's a way to mitigate that and you know erase that basically essentially face that fear punch it in the throat and go on to the next thing that get, <laughs> that scares the shit out of you and just Fix you know fix that work on that, um, and then I just feel like tying all that in together is this podcast is because I've already read these books so I'm using I'm bringing this this information here, you know for people to use. It's not if I didn't I wouldn't if I didn't use it I won't mention in this podcast, and I go the same thing Wild at Heart this this you know this talk about adventure and with mm-hmm. a, like building relationships with you know a significant other and maintaining that relationship you know all that's a wild at heart john eldridge um if you're on facebook live there's a i i put i, I guess i showed like the cover of it but uh you can do that uh um if you're not a reader there's jocko podcast there's sam harris there's tim ferris uh even some some not all of joe rogan's i know some are i would say i, j- I just get more out of some episodes versus other episodes you know depending on who the guest is um, I really stay away from like some like some of the comedians' stories are good, and some of the singers' stories are good, and I I learned a lot from some of those, but I know like Dr. Ronda Patrick when he was on there, and and then Jocko Jocko Willink was on Joe Rogan, so I just that's where I, that's where it just started the whole thing, you know, the whole shebang, but um, you know taking information. I know we well I guess we talked about that last week too, just using information, using knowledge for your sake, not anybody else's sake, but my like, not or not my sake either, you know your sake, um using these tools that yeah, like what was it uh i don't think we mentioned it on a podcast right it was like uh um uh, was it tony robbins quote something about knowledge isn't power it's only potential power well we mentioned it last week oh we did and then i and, but then i sh- but then i shared the the tony robbins with gary v mm-hmm. and and then in this book in this book is where it's yeah, quoted yeah. that you know knowledge Oh, people love to say, this is the quote, and I quote, people love to say that knowledge is power. Knowledge is only potential power. Yeah. I That's what it said in the book. Yeah. I was, I'm just trying to remember, like, I don't know if he's mentioned it, but I, yeah, I, I know. know you texted it. Okay, it's in the book. And then I it's said the this falls in line so well with, like, whatever we had been talking about. It's in, it's in the book, then. It's in the book. And that, that was one thing that I read it, and I'm like, this is what we're talking about. Now, we make these connections um, with things that, Maybe we thought of originally, and then we find a parallel with somebody else. So we must be in a good direction. We must yeah. be moving in the right direction. It's a good indicator. Least. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good little, just little flag to put. To, hey, like this. This here's here's another thing that, hopefully, leads us to, and I'm like, just leads us to a life that we want. You know, aside from of course fulfillment, satisfaction. You know, financial freedom. Uh, these things that we're. It's all it's all one big thing that leads to just you know having a good life and you know being at peace with yourself and having you know essentially no regrets. 
I'd like to call it there if you guys are good. I'm good. I we call talked it. a lot. I think it was I awesome. Think it was We've hit some good points. Yeah. And and the, I don't know how how soon into like the beginning, but I think we got we got some good stuff early on. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. It was a purple haze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers, I'm going to have to edit that shit out. <laughs> I'm gonna leave I, thought we, I thought we were done. <laughs> I'm going to leave it on purpose just so that everybody can hear you guys breathe no. into the mics. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, before we before I get into my final quote of the day, qu- final quote of the night, uh, don't forget to get on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Moving with life, you can find it. You can find it in my bio. Uh, we now went Facebook Live for the first time. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I think we might do that periodically. Maybe not every week, but we'll do it periodically. Um, I feel as this grows organically, we'll, you know, it's gonna be fun. You know, we're we're just gonna continue here and there sporadically, posting on Facebook Live. So again, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Leave us reviews. Yes. Yeah, people. Please. Uh, it doesn't take but a second. Even if okay, even if you leave like. One star, uh, cool. If you leave us five stars, cool. Leave something. You know, let us know. We're just gonna add them up. <laughs> yeah, we 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 can do math. We'll we'll put on a spreadsheet and we'll <laughs> figure it out. Forgot the ratios, but anyways. But yes, please subscribe. Please leave reviews. Um, I kind of want to alter the intro. I don't know yet. I'm still like fiddling with it in my head. Uh, the right angle hasn't. <laughs> yeah, the right angle hasn't hit me yet. As far as the intro goes, I I like doing it, but I just feel maybe it could be better. You know, on my end, maybe it could just be better. So I like that, Eddie, when, last week when you brought this up as far as, you know, promoting, you know, saying, hey, guys, you know, from all of us, if you could please subscribe and iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Um, so with that, let me close out with money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish. Again, it will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver.